Okay. All right. Game face on. All right. I'm about to bring Neil in. We haven't technically started yet, so I'm not going to do anything crazy just yet. Don't tell him he's live. Hello. Hello. Are, are we live? Possibly. Okay. <laughs> um, it's good though. I want, I want to make sure we have audio levels clean because I've I've definitely um fiddled with settings since the last time I did this months and months and months ago. So <laughs> almost guaranteed, nothing is right. Yeah, that sounds about right. So everybody, make sure that that you're hearing Neil at roughly the same volume you're hearing me because all of the the magic I have to do to make this work essentially abstracts everything and I can see nothing. I could listen to it in echo, but that's just going to give me a migraine. It'll just kill us all. And I have to sit through the show for 13 and a half hours, so I don't have enough booze to hear myself (laughs) for 13 and a half hours. So thank you, Zup. <laughs> um, so not officially starting or anything, but I can see all the donations and damn. Yeah, uh, good job, everybody. Yeah, I um, I I was just like, ah, oh, maybe maybe we hit like fifteen hundred, and then I checked there and we were knocking on the door twenty five hundred. Yeah, so we had, um, and, and I'll talk about it when we really get started. But we had somebody who basically said he'd match everything up to fifteen hundred if it came in before noon, and true to his word, he did. And we That's we, uh, we we had a little run, so I think we were at about eleven hundred when when he matched. So I'm I'm about to unlock um, greatest RPG system ever. Yeah, we're we're forty dollars away from that. So we'll definitely hit that. Um, John and my segment that we roughly planned is is <laughs> at ten, which is not great. Um, I have to figure out a lot of planning between now and then. Oh, and I'm on the air at noon and four. And let's be <laughs> fair, I'm gonna have to jump in at six at some point and lay down the yeah, law. Yeah, that'll that'll be that'll be some hot nonsense. Um, I did so, hear if, if if people need a tease for that uh, RPG system segment with RP Gamer hosted by uh, NFR. Uh, I, I I heard from Donald that apparently someone's going to try to make an argument that the N64 is a good RPG system. I'm not on that segment. <laughs> I um, funnily enough, I, I've been testing the recording rig the last couple days, and one of the things I narrated was sort of an extemporaneous retrospective on on the RPGs I played on the N64, and it just it goes through this weird cycle of like. Oh, this quest thing is interesting, I guess, to oh god, well, I'm playing a Dean Chronicles too. Oh hey, Ogre Battle, <laughs> let's talk for thirty seven minutes. And it was like, okay, this is only gonna be like a ten minute test recording, and I get to I get to a Dean Chronicles at like minute two, and I'm like, okay, it's gonna be like five minutes, and then I stop and it's like thirty seven <laughs> minutes. I'm like, damn, I talked a lot of Ogre Battle. Fuck. But that might be the list. I'm trying to think what else is on it. Paper Mario, someone mentioned in the chat, which that's, that's I true. mean that's apt. Hey, Paper Mario, yeah. I forgot that's an RPG series. But like oh! that. Ah! 
Yeah, that and Ogre Battle are pretty much like the two RPGs that I can think of that are they're worth your time. Like when I was ten, I played through Quest sixty four. I don't know what was wrong with me. I don't think I knew any better. I got bored and then I just threw it on the Game Shark and gave myself maximum stats. <laughs> I might have I might have done something similar because yeah because that game oh god that game I thought about like thought about like trying to play it now just to see just to confirm all of my fears but I don't know if that's even worth my time. Yeah, uh, it's 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 bad. I mean, let's I'll I'll, I'll just. Like I played it maybe two thousand two, um, and it was it was stultifying because there are yeah. moments in that game where you're just like, I'm just running through a space and I, mm. like who the hell the, the people who made Quest sixty four like did they all die or or did they go on I, to make deep games? I mean, they may have killed themselves. Yeah, by the end uh, of the day. So Quest sixty four was made by I'm a thinking engineer. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what they did. Um, um, it, I'm looking like, it up. I know. It was, uh, imagine it, that company might be dead. <laughs> oh, that, I guarantee you that company is dead. I mean, it's a, it's a Japanese video game company. They're dead. I think. Did they do Fighters Destiny? Oh, they totally did. Yeah, yeah, they did Fighters. Fighters Destiny wasn't that bad. Like that I mean, great. <laughs> like I did, had a lot of fun. They, I had legitimate bu- fun with Fighter's Destiny on the N64. I feel like they did a bunch of N- NES ports, and I feel like they are one of the companies I came across and I looked at buying an FM Towns. Which is uh, it looks like uh, they did a lot of Super Famicom games. They yeah, yeah like ports of like Populous, Mister Do, mm-hmm. SimCity 2000, Sim Earth, Sim Ant, Elite. Yes. Okay, that's why I knew them. Yeah. Let's see. What did they make? What did they? Let's pull up their page. Dreamcast. Looks like their last known thing was PlayStation Two. Uh, oh, oh, they did they wet tracks. St- they did wet tracks. They also, made stuff for everything. Yeah. The FM Towns, not the Marty. Um, <laughs> the Dreamcast, the F, the FDC, the PC ninety eight. Oh my God! The, the Sega Pico. Are you kidding me? They got around. Sharps X sixty eight thousand. Yeah. Other things I've looked at buying over the time. For time, Sega Pico <laughs> has never been on the list. Yeah, you got, you got to try the line somewhere. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm a little bit fascinated by the Pico, to be honest. <laughs> like just conceptually, like what happened in Sega? Where they're like, we're going to make this thing. It's going to have this on it. I do love that Quest sixty four is called Holy Magic Century in Europe. It is. It's got a different name in, like, Australia, doesn't it? Yeah, in Australia and New-, New Zealand, it is L-Tail Monsters. <laughs> Why? I don't, I don't but know wait, what that means. If you, if you fire the game up in Australia and New Zealand, they, they normally they, – they had that weird thing where, like, they would get either the PAL version or the NTSC version. Does that mean there's actually a Australia-New Zealand-specific version of this game's there, code? There might be. Or is it just when you fire it up, you get a different splash screen than what's on the front of the box? I'd, I'd be curious. Any That's, Australians who played Quest 64, let us know. All ten of you. Yeah. Um. So, let's see. Is oh, the, we uh, unlocked! We unlocked! 
Yay! We're up to the so so we will get to see what the greatest RPG system is according to NFR and RP Gamer. I want at them 9 to o'clock. settle on it being the Sega Pico. <laughs> um, you can unlock it if you want. My hand is under a microphone stand, and I'm afraid to move it. It's slightly like being chained to where I'm sitting. So this is this is altogether uncomfortable. Um, go. so it's a good thing I've only got 13 hours of this. <laughs> Um, I'm hopefully we find somebody who can change the chat description because it's the same chat description as the end of the telethon from last year. Dinos is up next. Everybody. We really need to establish permanent mods for the chat, except for Aaron, who is... I haven't seen Aaron in forever, so... That's That's probably not getting fixed. Aaron is here. Don't worry. As long as we believe in him, he'll never leave. That's true. Um, This is a challenge. Anyway, we actually have crossed into the official starting time of the show. So hello and welcome to the 7th Annual Nintendo World Report Telethon in support of Child's Play. I am your slave to the show, James Jones. And I'm joined here today by the director of Nintendo World Report, Mr. Neil Ronahan. Hello. Uh, I'm currently looking to see what happened to the people who directed Quest 64. Um... The answer is they made lots of weird stuff that I don't yeah. entirely understand. I'm trying to see where they are now, but I haven't I haven't had any luck looking at the four listed directors on Wikipedia. I like that they made a uh, they made other games. They had Quest Brian's Journey, which is probably the worst subtitle I've ever seen. It's <laughs> just just fascinatingly terrible. And then Quest Fantasy Challenge, which is described by Wikipedia as quote a maze game. It does not have its own article, which is probably telling. <laughs> what did that even come out on? Like they told, us, they, they told us for the other one. I need to find this out. Okay, it's a Game Boy Color game. I mean, I'm a little disappointed. Uh, yeah. I was hoping it'd be, it'd be something like, it came out for the Wonderswan. I'd be, oh, okay. <laughs> Great. Awesome. It came out for the NGPC. Good. You can use your micro switches to get around the maze. <laughs> the sad so, uh, part is like i don't own one of those and it's it bothers me like that's I believe, that's not good i think it was at so there's for any people in the the i guess the the eastern pennsylvania area uh we we me and some of the other local ish to the area people went to this convention called too many games and addison webb who actually lives right by you i think like what he went to, like, the same high school as you or something, James, We went right? to the same high school, yes. Yeah, he totally bought uh, Neo Geo Pocket Color at, at, at Too Many Games a couple years ago and then, like, got a game for it and then by the end of the weekend was kind of like, why did I buy this? Which seemed about right. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, the uh, I, I, I knew somebody in school who had one and... He was the like I had never even heard of it, and he bought it when he was visiting his family back home, which is somewhere in Asia. I don't remember specifically where. And he's like, "Yeah, it's got it's got color." This is this was pre Game Boy Color, but like just pre Game Boy Color, <laughs> like weeks prior to Game Boy Color, and it's got a control stick. And like I could hear it clicking, and I'm like, "All right, well that's cool." And he goes, and "It's got Metal Slug," and I went, "Shit." <laughs> Like it looked, got, it looked really nice, but it just 
there's like four games on it worth playing. Yeah, it's 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 a it's it's one of those things where you just go, okay, well, this is a neat game, I guess, and this is a neat system from a technolo- technological standpoint. But man, what would I do with this? <laughs> what what would I do owning a Neo Geo Pocket Color? I ask that, but my uh, my eBay watch list says that's not a prerequisite for me buying shit. So I don't know. It's a it's a dark time for someone with money, and and yeah. more money than sense. And there's also, I mean, unless you're into VR, there's not really a lot of places to put that money right now. It's true. It's not like I own the current systems or anything. <laughs> It's a sad, the sad state of things. We're like, well, I can't get a PS4 because I don't have any uh, HDMI ports left. <laughs> these, these, yeah, are, no. these are first world I, problems personified. Yeah, like I have an, uh, one extra HDMI cable that like I have to switch it out, like the Xbox One of the Chromecast. It's a bad scene, you know, just really, really hard on my life. Yeah. The... um. The the funny thing is, like, I sit here and I go, well, do I really, really need this Blu-ray player? I mean, when's the last time I watched a Blu-ray movie? And then there's this moment of, like, do I own a Blu-ray movie? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not entirely sure the answer is yes. It's entirely possible the answer is no. Just get a PS4. There's a Blu-ray player in that. There's a Blu-ray player in the PS3. <laughs> Sony's been putting Blu-ray players in my house for over a decade. And it hasn't it hasn't gotten you to their side yet. No. Well, it's 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 kind of those things where like, do I need to buy movies? No, not really. I mean, I have like the token. Like, I got Star Wars Episode Seven. I got that on Blu-ray. Like, I have my token things that it's like, yeah, you know what? This will be this will look nice on a on a TV on a Blu-ray player in my house. Uh, but yeah, I probably bought like maybe five in the past ten years. Like, who knows? Yeah, it. it I have Netflix. That's good. Yep. It's it's sufficient. Um, and then Amazon Prime Video because they really want to make Prime more valuable to me, so they can just keep raising the price incrementally every couple of years. Yeah, they're just like, look at all this stuff we did for you. I didn't ask for this. I'd it's like, hey, $10. now you have Twitch Prime membership, and I'm like, what? Yeah. what? We have a music service, didn't you hear? Like, let's go. Hey, Alexa, help, <laughs> help me with my Prime membership. Uh, it, it's like, I, congratulations, Amazon, you created something else that I'll forget to unsubscribe from. <laughs> um, someone asked if NWR is on Twitch. We're on YouTube, actually. Uh, Nintendo World Report TV is our channel. I believe it's like youtube.com slash N-I-N-W-R TV, something like that. Yeah, I, I just have to Google it. Um. I know that sounds really bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's fine. It's just we do have the short URL, but NWR TV was already taken, so we had to get creative. I'm, I'm curious who took it and why and what, what was their goal. I, for, I forget. I mean, we can check right now. To what to what ends? It's NINWR TV. So, you, N, yeah, N-I-N-W-R TV. NWR TV, the page is not available. Maybe I can change it. I don't know. I'll have to look at that later. That's not compelling radio. Somebody just took it. Somebody is actually it. taking no. it right now. Uh, so yeah, so yeah, we have a YouTube channel. Um, if you don't know who John Raritan is, then go to the YouTube channel and find that out. He's been doing a lot of cool stuff over there for like the past year or two. 
We also have a Patreon. Might as well plug that. Patreon.com slash NWR. We actually got that. Uh, no, help support normally, this we site. Need, normally we need the half hour because the audio settings are all jacked up. This year we actually got them right on the first time, and now yeah. I didn't have a half hour of content planned. But hey, hey, everybody. You can donate besides the Patreon. You can donate to the Child's Play charity right now on the page. Um, I assume you know where the page is because you're you're listening to this. And I just looked up and Ric Flair is on my TV, so that's weird. Um, but I wanted to give a give a special shout out to um, Podoxus, I guess is how you would pronounce it, for matching the donations through through Friday at noon, which came out to about eleven hundred dollars. Yeah, that is that is supreme. Uh, that is way a, to go, that man. Is, that is a lot of money for a good cause, and I appreciate it. So if you have eleven hundred dollars just lying around. <laughs> You can you put throw this that whole in thing there. to bed for us right now. Yeah. Just just dump that on in there, and we'll we'll be uh, we'll appreciate it. If you don't have eleven hundred, I mean, this is a premium service here, so I don't know if you should be listening, but we'll we'll let it slide because this is for charity. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I've I've got I've I'm out of I'm out of snarky. <laughs> yeah, Already, man, we're like 15 minutes into this. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, I'm, I mean, I'm almost done, so it's fine. Yeah, the wait. chats, the chats concluded. I'm, I'm already out of energy, which is not terribly wrong. Um, I'm, I'm so RFN is up first, and I'm just looking for members of RFN, and I'm not feeling good about it right now. So, <laughs> I've got one. I've got one of them. I mean, I am looking forward to the the Wii U retrospective. Um, yeah. Um, if everybody I, shows up. If not, then I might still be here. I have no idea. I've got two. I've got two. Okay. I've got <laughs> yeah. two. Yeah. I'm only missing John. And that seems, I was just going to say, is it John that you're missing? And I'm not <laughs> sure he owned a Wii U, so everything's probably fine. <laughs> but yeah, we got that Wii, Wii U retrospective coming out, coming up at noon at one o'clock. Um, my buddy Andy and I will be doing a live episode of our podcast mini series cube fight. Uh, which that is if if you did back the Patreon, you get to listen to those earlier and like vote when we get to uh, the end of the year um, that was, and then vote to see what the best first party game on uh, GameCube was in that year. Uh, Two thousand one was Super Smash Brothers Melee, which seems predictable, and it was. Yeah. What do, What are you guys gonna do with Cubivore? Uh, I've I've played a lot of Cubivore actually. But- Unfortunately, I don't own it anymore. So it wasn't published by Nintendo here, but it was in Japan. It's it's being it's being counted, which okay. might just be me bending the rules because I want to talk about Cubivore. I like that you're going to force Andy to buy Cubivore. I don't think Andy's going to buy Cubivore. We've already <laughs> discussed this. We didn't buy the Mickey game. Neither of us. We just watched what? the Let's Play, which is which was probably like the best way to see that game. That's just cheating. We could have just like moved our mouse cursor around with the Let's Play, and it would have been the same thing as playing it. The sanctity of the cube fight is already besmirched. To, I mean, like, let's get real. Was was Disney's Magical Mirror starring Mickey Mouse ever gonna like sniff Super Mario Sunshine's jock or anything? It was on the back of my GameCube box. It must be important. Like that was that was the probably my my favorite thing about that Mickey game was how with the announcement of it, people really gave a crap. And we're just like, oh, there's going to be a 2D platformer Mickey from Capcom. Nintendo's making it. It's going to be great. And then just a couple months before it came out, they're like, and it's a point and click adventure. Have fun. 
I, I think that's fascinating in some kind of weird, perverse way. Like, I'm, and then... I'm, I would have loved to have been in the in the design sessions for that. Just like, oh, what if what if we just click and you'll and it's, it'll, it'll go. It's probably the same person who who like was like, let's make this Mickey game a point and click adventure. Was like, I don't know, let's take the RPG out of Paper Mario. Eh, oh. that seems like a good idea. The, why is the chat talking about the Yokai Watch movie? I'm because mm. it's it's today. That's that's our competition. Oh, there's a Fathom event. For the uh, for the Yokai Watch movie. Aww, I want to see the Yokai Watch movie. But our our next one after uh, Star Fox Adventures and Animal Crossing, which will be going down at, at one o'clock, will be joined by Dan Bloodworth. I think, I hope. <laughs> uh, who I think he reviewed Animal Crossing on. I know there was a reason why I invited him, other than that I like blood. But uh, um, I believe he reviewed Animal Crossing on the website fourteen years ago. Nice. I'm sure he's got. Fresh He's probably going to remember. He was weirded out when, like, we talked about his review during the Pikmin episode, and I mentioned something to him around on Twitter, and he's just like, why are you doing this? I'm like, <laughs> uh, Seren wants but, uh, you to know that you can't understand how awful that Mickey game is by just watching someone play it. <laughs> so I think we need to redo this cute fight. You know, um, if, if someone who played the Mickey game wants to come in and add an addendum to the last episode of Cube Fight, go for it. I'm trying to think what game... What... What GameCube game would I be fascinated when it gets to it? And I'm sure there's something where I'm going to go, oh, that one. I know the rest of this year, I think the next one is Cubivore versus Mario Party 4. Oh, God. And then, and then it's Metroid Prime, which has, like, a first round buy. Because, one, like, this is Metroid. Let, let's get real. Throughout the years on our website, uh, this, this entire thing is Metroid Prime's fight to lose. Like, they're the favorite. I look forward to you all naming Doshin the Giant game of 2002. Ah, Doshin the Giant is not included because it never came out on a North American system. That's bullshit. It came out everywhere else. <laughs> uh, but, we, but we live in America. There's an American bias. Once again, I'll say, if there's anybody from Europe or Japan that's just like, hey, man, I got to talk about Doshin the Giant, we welcome you. I played Doshin the Giant. There's video on that NWR TV of me playing Doshin the Giant, actually. <laughs> Would you recommend other people play Doshin the Giant? I don't know what the fuck I played when I played Doshin the Giant. <laughs> I forget, was it's, that a... It's confusing. Who the hell made that? Was that, um... That was did, made... Did Odama? Or no? That was made by Param. Oh, okay, yeah. Who I'm that's, thinking only made Doshin the Giant and, like, a game for the... Oh, that's a game for the 64 DD. Like, the other Doshin the Giant. Because there's two... <laughs> or maybe, maybe the other one's the GameCube game I can't remember but I think they're just they literally are just a company that was set up to make Doshin the Giant which is strange Harem. yeah yeah they just made Doshin the Giant pretty sure there was an add-on oh wait okay the dude who who ran Param made a brand new company called Unigame Bunko that's translated as Sea Turtle Library yep. and they work with Marvelous Entertainment on the game Discipline for WiiWare. <laughs> I'm happy about all of that. Uh, so the, the, the same guy also worked on Aquanauts Holiday. What the fuck? So, so but I do like that there is a game company that tra- that is translated as Sea Turtle Library. I, I mean... <laughs> 
This is a game that's, that Nintendo put money into, just as, just as a reminder. So you've already done NBA courtside, I assume, right? Yeah, yeah, NBA courtside uh, lost to Eternal Darkness. With, uh, with pre-crisis Kobe Bryant. Yep. <laughs> um, I like I get, NBA courtside, I, I did indeed play, and like it's just a dated-as-all-hell basketball game. Yep. Like, that's actually, all it is. I'm actually bummed out, because it looks like if you do them in order... F Zero GX and Kirby's Air Ride won't be the same episode. Uh. They'll, they'll be like it'll be like game two of one episode and game one of the other. Like it's one game away. I can because I, I know I have it like mapped out as far as what episodes. You know, I mean, once again, compelling radio. I want you all to do Pokemon Box Ruby and Sapphire. That that I think is on the the short list of being included. Uh, Good. Let's see. Perfect. Warrior World is going to play Mario Golf. Oh no, no! F Zero GX and Kirby Air Ride are going to be the same episode. Good. Because I think I think the reason why that works out is because we're ending it at like the end of 2002. So like Metroid Prime isn't going to be paired up against the first game from 2003. Because mm. then we have whoever win. Then 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 we will have an end of the year episode where we figure out what the best the best first party Nintendo game was from 2002. I think uh, when you get 2004, it's Pokemon Coliseum versus Pokemon Box Ruby Sapphire. <laughs> that way, one of these games must win. Maybe I'll have to force that to make it I like it putting so. together the dark prospect of, like, we have five games that, that should have won, but they're paired against each other, and two games that had no business making it to the next round. But because they did, here they go. Yep. Geist and Mario Mix is obviously a pairing that needs to happen. <laughs> Actually, I want Andy to have to play Dance Dance Revolution Mario Mix. I I have that. I, I played a lot of DDR Mario Mix. There's, there's not a single part of that that's surprising to me, to be honest. <laughs> I played it. I mean, it came out at the right time that like I brought it to my freshman year of college. Would drink a lot. I think I, I think I played DDR Mario Mix uh, while doing Edward Forty Hands. Oh Jesus! <laughs> I, I know this is a long way out, but I'm looking at 2006, and that's dark. It's going to be real dark. It's, like four <laughs> it's, ga- it's literally it's, four games. Chibi Robo versus Odama, which when I said I want two games that had no business winning around, <laughs> but unfortunately somebody had to win. And it's Biting Kaido's Origins versus Twilight Princess. Which, by and the way, one of those games is going to have to be knocked out in the first round. Uh, have Have either of you played Biting Kaido's Origins? Uh, no, I haven't. And that's going to be uh, like that's one that I'm going to have to throw down. Like we have to play. Not like that Mickey game where I think we could skirt around it. Oh, I bet that game's expensive. Yeah, it is. I've already looked at it because I, I went on. Uh... Holy shit! <laughs> wow, nineteen ninety five used for disc two only. <laughs> Some asshole is selling them separate, and disc one is thirty two ninety five. Disc oh, two no. is nineteen ninety. You're just a jerk. That's uh... a. <laughs> That's why it pays that uh, Justin Baruby has like every Nintendo game ever and lives nearby me. There you go. He's, he's, he will be my saving grace with this uh, with, with Cube Fight. Well, he actually that... got mad at me when I mentioned that, like, oh, yeah, we just recorded it without playing the Mickey game. He's like, I could have lent it to you. I think it's time for a redo. Recount. <laughs> I, uh, I'm actually super excited because you can drop 54.68 to buy both of those discs together. But it's just the discs. And then you can drop another $20 for just the box and the sleeve. This is a terrible person. I'm, 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 I'm excited. Like, that's, 
fantastic. I actually, so I, I have played both of those games. I actually really like, really like Origins. Um, yeah, I was I, gonna say, I think I, I've heard or like I've played a little bit of Bite and Kaidos, but I've never played Origins. I've heard Origins is way better. I actually like the first one more. Um, I think the deck management is a lot harder in the first game because in the first game, the biggest difference. Well, there's there's two. Um, Origins was obviously I don't want to say a rush job, but was obviously a, a much more pared down affair. Yeah, there's only three characters, and so the party never changes. So it's just the same party the whole game, and that actually creates some tension in the group. So they're able to develop the relationship between the three of them better, which is fine. Um, but Baton Kaitos had seven, I think. Although it may as well have just had three because Gibari was never in the party. Lud was definitely <laughs> never in the party. Um, Mizuti was always in. Kalos was always in because he had to be. And then the girl whose name I can't remember. But considering I haven't played that game in ten years, remembering five of the seven characters... That's I feel, impressive. I feel pretty good about. Um, I just remember Lud because the original trailer for the game had him... To act against the Empire? It's unthinkable. And then they actually re-recorded it for the final release, and it's not any better. It's fascinating. <laughs> it's fascinating. It's just as bad as it was the first time. It's a different, different voice actor, just as terrible. Oh, <laughs> it's amazing. I've never seen a game re-record the opening movie, but it's, whew, it's, it's special. Um, yeah, that's. That's one of those games that I like. I picked it up at that same. I think it was the same one where Addison got the Neo Geo Pocket Color. I got a copy of Bite and Kaidos, and nice. I, I I wanted to sit down and play it, but that just goes to the 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 pounds and pounds of other games that I'm like, oh, I'll get to that someday. Yeah, like the, Dragon um, Quest Seven. Yeah. The uh, <laughs> the the other thing that they changed in Origins is in. The original Baten Kaitos, every character's attacks, their basic attacks, were their own card. So Liud's all looked like a trumpet because his weapon was, and I am not joking, it was like a tuba-looking thing. Uh, but when you get to Baten Kaitos Origins, they just said, okay, the generic physical attack is the same card for everybody. So that would mean like if your party was just really bad luck, you may get a bunch of cards for only one character. <laughs> Which is really obnoxious. So you were just tossing cards knowing that meant you wouldn't have that card later. Um, but it meant you had to be more careful about managing your deck and stuff. So in a way, I kind of liked that more. But the characters are definitely – they're worse in Origins but better because there's less of them, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, they're – Millie. Oh, come on. I, I, come on. They're in there. They're in there. Brain, bring them out. <laughs> come on, Brain. I'm – I could feel it. I could feel them coming. Um, Guilo and Soggy. Yes. <laughs> they knew they were in there. And they came together. Uh, one of them's a robot. And um, just kind of a jerk. The other one is kind of a jerk. And then Soggy's sort of your, your protagonist with the protagonist aura around him. Which is effective on robots. Which is a little unsettling. Um, it's it's a weird game. And so it's a we it's a long game. I think it's like sixty five hours. It's beefy, but all right. Let's. I mean, see that, my, I mean, it's not like Monolith has ever made a game that's really long before. No, I mean this this is actually marginally under control for them. All right, we are <laughs> we are t minus three minutes, and I am still down one, Mister Jonathan Lindemann. 
Oh, no. I'm not terribly surprised. But I'm going to go ahead and add Greg and Guillaume. Hello, you're on the air with Nintendo World Report in the morning. Caller, what's your name? <laughs> hey, how's it going? I'm Guillaume Viet, the Hi, resident Guillaume. Canadian. The resident Canadian. Uh, which is only true until Donald gets on later. Ah. Yeah, that's true. But he, he came later, and yeah, I don't know. You, you, you laid down the law first. Uh, yeah, I'm the original. How are you the original? The origi- Guillaume is the original Canadian. Yes. Guillaume, I well, who else? I went to an entire museum devoted to people who came to Canada before you. Well, man. That's racist. <laughs> <laughs> that is, yeah, I tried to, to remind myself of the fact that, my, uh, you know, my nation is also, you know, built on blood. <laughs> what good nation isn't, Guillaume? That's right. I, I don't know. Wow. Let's that's, that's, uh, switch topics. Darn. Who else do we have here with us? Uh, um, yep, I'm here. I, I've been poorly recently. I'm getting better. Hopefully I'm not going to general grievous my way through this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> At least you still have several lightsabers, though. I guess that's cool. Oh, yeah. I, I am going to sort of transform into a spider and get away in a crazy wheel bike that goes, <laughs> while being chased by a giant lizard with... Uh, uh, <laughs> Obi-Wan acting like Ken Branner behind me. I, uh... I, I actually really enjoy just just watching that every sequence with him in it as time goes on and going, God, this gets worse every year. It was, it was vaguely impressive and he was vaguely menacing, but now it's just comedy. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with looking at that and going, yep, that's... The Je- that's the the killer of Jedi. This he this was a comedy character. He had a comedy cough, and he sort of like does a, uh, a mime mustache twirl when he jettisons all the escape pods and all that. Like it's not ambiguous that he's meant to be a silly character. <laughs> but they cast you, know, you him haven't in... discovered anything. <laughs> but they cast him in the role that's not silly at all. That's the part that's confusing. <laughs> He's he's a legitimate threat through essentially one and a half movies. Like, it's only in I, half of third one. Yeah, he's doesn't he show up in second? No, I guess he no. doesn't. Does he? No. no, he's he's only in the third. He shows he's, up in like the war that happens between two and three. That's right. He's he's a legitimate threat in half of the third movie, and then like multiple television series. Yeah, that's right. Well, so, so, I mean, the the whole. The whole, the whole, all the separatists are basically comedy. It's, but you know, it, it's kind of. I think it was Lucas's way of trying to tell the kids that they're not the real threat. You know, <laughs> um, they nobody should be that concerned about these people because they're all like people with ridiculous Japanese accents and comedy wheezes and all this crazy stuff. It's kind of like it's, I think subconsciously he was trying to say, look, these guys, you shouldn't be worried worrying about them there's something more to worry about and there was so you know it made sense to me but there you go i uh i i have long since stopped trying to find deeper meaning in in george lucas's words and deeds <laughs> <laughs> like he's been I talking about like making smaller movies for the past 40 years 
I just assume he's in the business of selling his properties to white slavers from this point forward, and we're just going to let him <laughs> let him say what he wants to say, and we're just going to go, okay, George. Um, and I don't know. I, it's there. There's something about those movies that even when I was young, I was like, there's something not right here. Like there's, and I think Grievous is sort of the textbook example. of We have a toy that we can make. Let's put him in this a lot, and. I, I I don't I don't get it. I don't understand why that was their answer of Well we have this entire army of that's CG robots. We need to give them a leader. Can we make that also a CG robot so we don't have to hire a real actor? I like, guess the only Just thing I can walk away CG from. Robots. I don't know. Voice actors or real actors as well. They're real they actors think... who take take a much smaller paycheck. Sure. I mean granted, like that's 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 assuming that episode six they they were at all concerned about the budget. <laughs> it, I, I, I wonder about that movie sometimes because you can tell the entire thing was shot on a soundstage yeah. and, and I think that, that hurts that movie more now like I'm more conscious of how it hurt that movie than I was as a child although I think it still impacted me like none of this is real kind of stuff like that's, it's the weird thing because uh, I before episode 7 came out uh, I took a day off of work and then watched all six movies with with some friends um and episode one two and three kind of look like garbage now whereas four five and six hold up pretty well as far as like how the special effects look except for whenever they do the the weird like 90s special edition crap that they added that looks out of place yeah um are, are we still are we still down a lindeman we are still down a lindeman everyone the, yeah the chat, sorry the chat, the chat I'm, I'm, seems nonplussed by our Zelda. Com- I mean, sorry, by our Star Wars conversations. <laughs> yeah, I was. Uh, I was trying to. I don't know. I was trying to jump in at some point, but you guys are talking about stuff that goes way over my head, and uh, I, I'm assuming that uh, James, you were trying to to find a spot to be able to text him or something. Well, I've been trying, but my I have to negotiate various corridors to get to my phone around all of the gear that's set up here. <laughs> the, yeah. My life support system for the next 13 hours. Right. Um, anyway, I'm going to text him, but, uh, yeah, George it. Lucas, eh? Yeah. All right. Well, I will, I will let you guys talk about the Wii U. All right. I'll be back in Apparently that was my fault because I have a cough. Yeah. I'm not going to take <laughs> that's, responsibility. That's where it all came out of. <laughs> the chat the chat is just being cruel right now to everybody including John who's not here to, to quote Aloha Marth maybe John just assumed he didn't have to show up because it's a segment about the Wii U mm. <laughs> that's icy so let's uh while we're waiting um I've yes. texted John while we're waiting let's take a look at I know it's not any crueler than me's up I'm but John, John and I are, are allegedly friends, so it's okay for me to be cruel to him. Let's take a look at the, at the, uh, at the numbers while we're waiting. And we are currently at $2,745 of our $4,000 goal, which means, speaking of John, that we are $250 away from unlocking J&J Make That Game Today. And that segment is, I would describe, allegedly planned. So Did someone just give like two hundred dollars in one shot. I think it um, jumped pretty I, high, wasn't it? I can tell close you. Close to yeah, okay. I have the numbers, and the answer to your question is. I hate this website. Hold on. 
Not not <laughs> our website, the Child's Play website, to be clear. Of course. Um, donations, yes. Not that people have to donate $200. Like, I mean, if you've got it and you want to part with it, Sure, it goes to charity. It's for a good cause. Someone did, in but, fact, give exactly two hundred dollars, Guillaume. That's crazy. Um, no, that's not crazy. What's crazy is not giving more. Sorry, I didn't mean. Oh, hey, I, uh, I, there's a lot going on, and as the producer of this of this monstrosity, I have forgotten many things. So, one of the things that we are doing every hour is that we will have a prize, and you can email contest at nintendoworldreport.com to enter a chance to win a prize. And for the first hour, the keyword that you have to include in the email is John is missing. Which, <laughs> thanks to Carmine for that. That's, uh, that's, he's right. John is missing. Again, that's contest. Someone please make a, a crappy Flash game where, you know, like replacing, oh, maybe we can make a rum hack instead of looking for Mario or looking for John. Contest at NintendoWorldReport.com. Keyword, John is missing. All right, so John is missing. So let's just get started. Greg, sure. would you like to get Yeah, we've got, we got a lot of ground to cover here. Yeah, uh, Well, certainly I thought so when we put this together. Although, uh, robbed of John's many insights, perhaps things will uh, speed along rather quicker than I imagined. <laughs> But uh, we, uh, we've got a Wii U in review feature here, as we've mentioned on the podcast, the Wii Eulogy, uh, as Paper Mario Color Splash kind of signals the end of exclusive software for the platform. The purpose of this feature is not to talk about like why it didn't do better commercially and all that kind of stuff. It's 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 uh, look back at the the library of games that was on it. Uh, we could split it into two parts. So the first part is going to be kind of a macro look at uh, you know kind of the composition of the software library where it was strong, where it was weak, uh, you know, how different franchises fared, how it met our expectations from before the system came out and then kind of when the launch happened and, and how things kind of changed maybe as it went along. And then the second half, we're going to do our personal top fives, uh, top five at five games on the system. I hope you've got them prepared, gentlemen. I do. Yes. Good, I can go. Good. I can go even more than that. So yeah, I'm super. Yeah, oh yeah, I very five was difficult uh, for me. Very difficult. Uh, certainly, we'll have some honourable mentions in there. I think um, uh, you know for people you just want to get some games, especially if they haven't been brought up by anybody else. But the plan is uh, like in the second half of this, where we start doing top fives, is for one of us to do a top five, and then we'll get uh, somebody calling in, hopefully from from uh, the audience. Uh, to offer their top fives if they've got uh, you know a, a list they feel passionately about, maybe uh, have a very different opinion of what the best ones, uh, best games are on the system. So uh, we'd love to hear from you there. We'll get try to get those in. Um, so yeah, I guess with that we better crack on. Uh, the first part of this feature that I had teed up is sort of the expectations versus reality part of it with the. Um, with the software so looking back at kind of what we thought might happen versus what has happened now that it has all happened i, I, would, <laughs> you know, I would like to say that greg i think you have a distinct advantage here because you're the only one who's not recorded saying what their expectations were 
That's not entirely true. Don't forget, I was around until like the middle of 2012. That's true. So you, and you... unlike the NX, they'd actually talked about the bloody system. <laughs> with you're that right. Sort of you're right. Break. I retract that statement. But yeah, it certainly was not as uh, exhaustively covered, uh, you know, as things got closer and, and, and the details got filled in. Uh, so I, I'll be glad to illuminate for you now uh, how I felt <laughs> before. But uh, the first thing I want to talk about is the gamepad, I guess. is kind of you have to talk about it because it was central to the platform in terms of, you know, how does you look at the, the software library that exists now? pretty much in its totality and how the gamepad was used how does that measure up with you know what they were saying before it came out what we thought you know before it came out and all that kind of stuff so uh i'll start with guillaume what do you think was the biggest contribution of the gamepad you know in the the end was it you know new controls was it uh you know kind of um asymmetric multiplayer stuff that they talked about so early on off tv play you know what would you pick as as its biggest contribution i i feel like none of those have been exploited enough to really feel like one of them dominated you know like asymmetrical multiplayer um is a thing that was hard to say uh for for a lot of people in the beginning like i i think (laughs) it was you know people it was you, you tell asymmetrical multiplayer to people and you have to then spend way too long explaining it. And I think that's one of the reasons why we saw a lot of that at the beginning and then not so much later. Um, and and uh, the whole like motion, like kind of the, uh, the, the, we, the, the, the Google streets uh, app that was used, like also that was kind of cool, but then that fell by the wayside, the, the use of the motion and the screen on the gamepad. Um, in within games also kind of fell by the wayside you know like the when, when nintendo was explaining it oh like it's like a, a second window into your game um we didn't see that for very long so i don't know like i i guess off screen uh off tv play is the thing that's ha- that has had the most longevity just yeah, because uh, it's the easiest thing to implement you know, like if you've got if you're porting a game to the Wii U, uh, you haven't had to redesign your game around the gamepad. You just mirror what's happening on the TV uh, on the gamepad, and so I, I guess that has to be by default like the the, the biggest. Uh, impact, oh yeah, yeah, and you got to, you kind of got to a point as time went on where it feels like you know maybe the, rather like minor little sort of two screen kind of implementations even mm-hmm. within Nintendo or games that they were supervising they probably yep. paired those back to make sure off TV play was possible because right. it was it was a popular feature um you know it certainly was popular with me uh you think of something like um sharp fe which you can't do it with because of the um the text messaging or whatever's on there. I haven't yeah. played the game, so forgive me for yeah. You know, but it's, it, you know, that that is a drawback for me. The fact it's not a deal breaker, but it is a drawback that it doesn't have the off TV player and RPG, a long form experience like that. It would have been useful for me. So I, I think there's a lot of that's kind of the exception. I feel like as the time went on, you know, probably things like that probably got taken out of games because people wanted the the off TV option. And so yeah, d- you know, there was kind of a a very real kind of flow away from 
you know, asymmetric stuff or dual screen stuff and or like, you know, to the just kind of the, that option to do it off TV. But I don't want to. I mean, it is a convenience. It's, it's not as like earth shattering. It's not as groundbreaking as you know some of the stuff that they purported to be trying to do with two screens you know early on and whatnot but it, it was a big deal for me like just games that like xenoblade chronicles x i never would have been able to get anywhere near what i got out of it without off tv play so mm-hmm. I, I would i would say that did they really purport to have a lot of good ideas for it because if i remember correctly that first trailer showed somebody just playing Wii golf but there was a golf ball on the ground <laughs> like it, right. it, it, but my original and of course, someone's going to go find audio where I start proclaiming this is the level. best it's, idea it's the ever. Kind of, the is, high is, uh, level rhetoric. Think, yeah, it was know, that they, they didn't really seem to have a ton of ideas ready to show off anyway. Like they were just kind of yeah. like, well, maybe there's some stuff here. And here is like yeah. Seemed... Well, my 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 philosophy with uh, Nintendo hardware since the uh, broadband adapter for the GameCube has been don't believe until it's released you know like don't whatever nintendo promises whatever potential a particular a particular piece of hardware might have don't let your imagination run wild just wait until the game (laughs) is actually in your hands and you know enjoy that but yeah i i didn't i i didn't buy the wii u uh because of its promise i bought the wii u because i like the games that had at launch like i i was interested in playing them so i got it yeah yeah they did that's i mean i did get one straight away actually because you know i wasn't on the show at the time i suppose you know, it certainly helped but i got a deal on it you know the other side of the new year Mm-hmm. Um, because I mean, I was looking forward to the launch games, but it wasn't anything that there was like, oh god, I gotta have it right now, kind of you know uh, thing. Um, and uh, you know, it, again, the uh, the appeal of the sort of the the unique features of the system wasn't really a huge factor. It was more just you know the quality of Nintendo made games. You know, so I mean, New Super Mario Brothers U is you know a pretty conservative game in most respects. It does have the boost mode, which I fiddle around a little bit, which is fun. I mean, it's a fun little idea, but it's not a huge deal. Um, but it's a you know really really good side scrolling platformer. You know, right. I mean, probably my favourite of those games of the, of the four um, that have come so far. Um, but I guess that that's uh, brings me on to another thing. The move to high definition, you know, of course, this was very much belated, you know, kind of a behind time compared to the other platform holders, um, you know, and I was wondering how we felt, you know, that went over the course of this life cycle in terms of, you know, uh, how they handled it, like with the aesthetic choices and all this kind of stuff uh, compared to what we saw from the other platform holders in the previous cycle. James, if you'd like to speak to that. So, um, I, I actually spoke about this a little bit around the time we the system came out, and one of the things that that I kind of expected, and ultimately it is sort of the way they went, is they, you know, they had already sort of pushed the Wii in ways that it really wasn't um, pushed by anyone else. So they had games that looked very good at the resolution they were, and Mario, for example, that's the best Mario's ever looked. But, you know, that they kept very true to form, true to model. You know, all of the design aesthetics were largely the same. They just sort of had better better detail, better resolution. But they kept, you know, their art style is 
I don't want to use the word simple because that can be viewed as a pejorative, but clean is probably the word I'd use for it. So it actually scales up quite nicely. So you have something like 3D World where there's these really gorgeous, um, like the lava world, there's this nice glow and a haze to it. But Mm. if you played Mario Galaxy, there were effects very similar to that. So this really isn't super surprising. Um, Obviously, in things like Mario Kart, there was a difference. But it still was very... You know, they, they, they maintained their very clean art style for their internal stuff. Of course, the challenge oh, yeah. is what we've seen out of Nintendo in the first-party space. We've seen Mario a lot. But what of their other major franchises have we seen on the Wii U? We haven't seen Well, it. yeah, that, that, is, that is something that, that we're going to get to in the next right. kind of part. Right, this specific like, what, which question... Franchises- you did well and which didn't yeah but i know you mean in terms of because of that it kind of shaped the aesthetic choices that they had on this this, this system because they kind of skewed in one direction uh you know we don't, we don't know for what instance, a... a metroid a metroid yeah. you know that would have presumably involved quite different choices possibly at least mm-hmm. um it depends what sort of direction they would have gone in would it have been you know another m type of direction which presumably would be more stylized and colorful or a prime type of direction which would be more about detail well e- even zelda so we don't we don't know what zelda being on nx as well has done to artistic decisions you know we we don't know what fire emblem who which had been on the wii it had been on the gamecube we don't know what that would have been because it became this sort of 3ds you know revelation we don't know you know it, it's really difficult for us to assess even their 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 mid-tier franchises what would have become of them what we have is Star Fox, which hewed very close to the n64 game um, yeah what it was trying to evoke um and i i wonder if the wii u's role in the marketplace you know, this is this is something that really only nintendo's hardcore bought sort of made them trend and and in the currency of nostalgia so if the wii u had been more successful would Star Fox have been less conservative visually would it have been less trying to evoke you know Star Fox 64 I don't know, but I think ultimately because the platform is so Mario-heavy from their key franchises, it can be difficult to assess what they would have done with HD visuals in, in another game. Because the other stuff that got made got made by their second parties. Is well, that like- I, I, I would say, yeah, I know what you mean. Xenoblade, you know, was, was one you would point to as very different, but yeah, it's not their internal teams. I mean, I would say it's beyond, there is there are examples beyond Mario, though, where it was kind of, they just furthered aesthetics that they'd kind of done, experimented with before. I mean, you look at, uh, obviously, like Pikmin is a different type of thing because you have this sort of juxtaposition of, very detailed kind of graphics on the 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 environments but then these weird kind of surreal characters roaming around i think Mm. on wii u it kind of reminded me more of the promotional art you see for pikmin where it's um got like uh you know um sort of plasticine models running around real type environments like it yeah it really got to that for me on on Wii, Wii U whereas before I mean Pikmin was very impressive for its day early on in the GameCube but I uh, felt like you know it, it did change aesthetics it just like more fully realized it and mm-hmm. you could say the same I think for something like Woolly World uh, Yoshi uh, versus Epic Yarn you know it's the right. same concept even, even Animal H- Crossing although the only Animal Crossing game we got was that board game 
Yeah, that's uh, that that very much fits into the next part of the, uh, the conversation so about choices that didn't do so well. Before we continue, <laughs> I would like to say we have been joined, blessed even, by Mr. John Lindemann. <laughs> hey! Hey, John. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Uh, I hope you show up for our segment at 10. <laughs> it's going to be real boring if it's just me on there. Awesome. Yeah, hey, John, stuff. so we're talking about the Wii U. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know about the mm-hmm. Wii U? Uh, I know a little bit about it. Uh, I have okay. one sitting about 20 feet away from me. Um, excellent. That's true. So, Greg, I'm going to return the wheel back to you. I just wanted to announce yeah. our our late colleague has showed up. It's, a, it's an interesting <laughs> strategy to show up late and to tell other people welcome when really like, <laughs> it's, 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 we've you know, been here you know, the no. whole time. He's just, it's, he's it's just starting living. for me. This is actually artistic. This is artistic. He's representing the NX right now. Also, when you say a late colleague, like, do you mean this is like a seance type of thing, or are you working that vampire angle again with John? I'm, you, I'm you... actually willing to say that he is—I don't want to say Dracula. Like, I'm trying to think if there are other <laughs> vampires know, just, in the Konami to, space. I have to say, I have to <laughs> I have to give a shout out to Sarin because she said because I retweeted I retweeted something about about the uh, about this event, and she's like, John, you just retweeted something about the event you're supposed to be on, and I'm like, hey. <laughs> i've been shamed everywhere so so i will say that john is the original kid dracula yes yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Other than uh, the HD graphics, unless anybody's got something to add about that, um, online stuff. Uh, this is kind of big for uh, this is kind of multifaceted. But uh, you know, they finally started to embrace these things. Not just on Wii. Obviously, it was happening on 3DS at the same time. But uh, you know, for this console, they finally started to embrace DLC. You know, patches. Just, I mean, the way the system launched, where you kind of have this half-finished version of the OS, and you have to wait for this enormous patch to to actually make it fully functional and all that. But then, of course, you know, also the eShop and all that. You go way beyond what you had before with uh, you know WiiWare and all that kind of stuff. So uh, again, sort of looking at that. Obviously, before the system came out. We had expectations about these things. We said, yeah, they've got to do better than they've been doing. And now that we could kind of look back on it and think, how did they do in this area? You know, they made progress, there's no doubt about that. But was it enough, as as much as you expected, better than you expected? What do you think? I, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> well, well, I'm giving it to say, John, given these graces. Uh, sure. Well, I mean, in... in um... In terms of what I was expected, I would say it's probably a bit better than what I expected. I mean, certainly uh, the stuff that they've done with discounts and stuff like that. Um, I yeah, because there really basically were no discounts <laughs> with Wii. I mean, it was yeah. with virtual console games were the price they were, and that was it. You know I mean? yeah, yeah, Sega, and... Sega had a sale once, and that never happened again. Yep. <laughs> and, you know, they've, they've done a few things with um, <clears throat> kind of cross-play on, for a couple of games. That's, yeah. That's, that's impressed me. Um, it still doesn't give me the idea that they're all the way there, you know. Like it's it's kind of like a it doesn't it still doesn't feel like a full fledged storefront. It still feels feels kind of clunky, and it still feels big, like they're big, they're kind of trying stuff out. Big improvement the eShop on oh, Wii yeah. U. 
uh, previous efforts, um, but you, know, you still had things about you know, yeah, they did. Like I said, I would probably say similar to you, Joe. I think they felt like yeah, not not to say that they did things like op- absolutely optimally or anything because the you know, there are shortcomings. But in terms of versus my expectations, they probably outperformed them like modestly. But that's because I'm a very pessimistic person. You could argue, but <laughs> you know, like uh, no, I, I, you know, I think like the way things turned out with um, you know like discounts is true. I mean. The digital deluxe program was a really cool thing early on. I feel like which has kind of which which ended and hasn't really been kind of fully made up for um, with the uh, you know like the the current uh, my Nintendo stuff or anything like that. But that was you know a good incentive for having digital versions of the games. The, the fact that you could have you know the full digital versions of the games, uh, you know, the, the connect a, a, a third party hard drive and just store loads of stuff on it. Um, you know, all these kinds of things. That was you know for a long time you, you know we've been thinking about Nintendo and their relationship with retailers and all that. You know, if you go back way before even like you know the 3DS came out, you know. When you think about both new systems, you wondered how much Nintendo would embrace that. And, you know, you got to the point where you could preload the game and even play that preload if they cocked it up like they did with Paper Mario Colors. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Guillaume, what are your thoughts on this? Um, well, yeah, like, I mean, like, they went from, uh, well, doing nothing in terms of DLC to doing something. So I guess oh, yeah, like, you could say really it's good stuff, like the it's Mario a huge stuff. jump. I mean, there was there was to be fair DLC on Wii, but they never did it, and it was no. always incredibly yep. clunky. Or, or you know, like the when they had a problem with uh, Skyward Sword, and uh, you had to have uh, uh, basically a, a WiiWare app that fixed your save. Yes, <laughs> right. So they couldn't patch a game, but they could fix your save. You know, so so things have gotten much better, and I think that Nintendo has learned rather quickly like it well quickly they started late uh during yeah. the wii u's lifetime like i i feel like when did the new super luigi u come out like that that was oh, announced wow. much later uh, after release and it feels like other companies have already learned that when you've if you're going to make dlc for a game you're going to make it soon like you're gonna start right away on it and you're right. gonna tell people uh very early on before they sell their discs uh that it's coming and Don't sell, basically yeah it's, yeah. it's yeah. playing to yeah. the point where it's almost a punchline right so so they they you know new super new super luigi u was super late the the dlc for mario kart 8 was you could buy it early but you could it buy came it like out seven lame. months early yeah, right. yeah, I mean, think it did show yeah. the, the kind of progress they were making compared mm-hmm. to the new Super Luigi situation. But yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it fits into that. So they were so resistant to it for so long. Yeah. You know, this but then, like, well, we you sell know, you a finished product. You know, if it's in the box, then it's a full game. Like, we're not going to kind of rip you off by shipping a half finished game and then. Yeah patch a dlc and charge you more for it later but But then with the splatoon like they they absolutely learned their lesson and i guess because it's an online only game they felt uh you know that they could just like hide away some of the content lock it uh, on the desk and then just slowly roll it out while they were working you know, presumably on more content, on yeah, more maps, more arenas, more modes. I mean, yeah, that that became. But it was, you also, know, was much... all free. That's the other. The other yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Though no, in that case, it was kind of like, well, yeah, we're going to sort of 
we are going to do exactly what we said we wouldn't do before in terms of like we, we'll ship you something that isn't quite finished but mm. we aren't going to charge you for the dlc afterwards so they still show the same sensitivity but they're just not as rigid about it anymore and i think that's a good thing i mean and, and just the quality of it like i said mario kart 8 dlc was was fantastic new super luigi u is wonderful made Hyrule that Warriors. i mean if you, you well, that's because yeah, tons. tons of DLC. Well, that's that's yeah. also that's the Tecmo Koe involvement there, but yeah, there, sure. there but, was but again, very big DLC. You 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 run that back to before the Wii U come back. Come out. It would be hard for them to to imagine them letting that kind of model. Uh, you know, exist on their console, let alone with one of their top franchises oh, attached. Smash, Smash Brothers. Smash, yeah, I mean that's. Uh, <laughs> That, that that had to happen. It kind of felt like, and you know, they did it, and uh, they did it well. I mean, I, I would have cut. I have to probably would have liked some more stages, but I mean, the, the stages they had were really good. The new fighters they had that weren't uh, just bringing back like old clones, especially were really good. Especially unique they were when you think of Ryu and Bayonetta and how they kind of functioned quite differently from any other cool. fighter in the game. Stuff is, they, they, I, I'm really pleased with how great some of the DLC stuff turned out. Mm. Doesn't mean there isn't further for them to go in these sorts of areas, be- be- but uh, it, it, it was kind of a pleasant surprise. Before we move yeah, on, it's not so much really like in content. I mean, because the content was great. It's just kind of getting it to people that sort of just still feels kind of yeah. still feels kind of wonky in some places. So before we move on from DLC, because we do need to talk more about actually playing your game online. Um, it still feels oh, like the Wii U was sort of the was a more conservative approach than on 3DS, where they had these games that were incredibly heavy DLC. I mean, you have mm-hmm. the situation with Fire Emblem um, Awakening, oh. and, then, and then Fire Emblem. I can't remember what the title is for the other one. It's, uh, and it's various. Uh, yeah, yeah, and it's two other games plus DLC that's not tied to either of the games. It's it's. It's a very different world on 3DS where they seem much more willing to sell you stuff. And I don't necessarily understand why. Like why maybe maybe it's just the cost of generating the content on that system is lower. So they're more willing to go back and produce stuff later. But yeah, no, that's, that's not a bad point. Uh, also, I mean, just the, the way, the fact that everything's like in game on 3DS, but then on Wii U, you had to come out that's of it weird. to go to the eShop. That's a right. weird distinction. You think Nintendo would have sort of uh, harmonized that stuff, but they didn't. Uh, it's, it's a little odd. Mm. Yeah, it's so kind of point, it just seems like they sort of point, like, they kind of uh, just kind of make stuff up as they go along, sort of thing, and they're constantly tinkering. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Hopefully, that, that this has all been a sort of good, good test bed for what NX will be able to do. But um, to move on uh, to sort of some of the more sort of just looking at the games themselves, kind of thing, uh, genres, genres that did well, and genres that pretty much got define, define did well. We mean we mean well you know, that had you know a number of very quality representatives. Within them, my first example would be side-scrolling platformers. I mean, that was something mm. that came up at the end, towards the end of the Wii's life cycle. That sort of uh, revival in them, and it continued very well uh, on Wii U. You know, we did not just even 
like the the really obvious stuff like new super mario brothers at launch uh and then you know luigi dlc later but you know rayman legends uh that mm-hmm. was obviously there was a lot of infamous <laughs> things around the timing of his release and exclusivity and all that but it was a good game and a good size scrolling platform so all over the nintendo you think of dkc tropical freeze you think of yoshi i mean it, it, it was it, it it was really good for those games uh and then of course all the digital stuff that operated in that space as well excellent can i, uh, can I raise a, a counterpoint on that one yep 3d platformers did not do very well on this the 3d system. platformers don't do well anywhere <laughs> they just don't exist mostly. It's, it's bizarre they went all in on platformers for the last generation and a half but 3d man we i mean we have to make one a perfunctory here's your perfunctory 3d mario but it's actually a fairly 2d-ish affair no, yeah. it was in the 3D land, uh, you know, the, the, the same approach where you're trying to sort of hew closer to the, you know, the, the side-scrolling Mario games. Um, we, I think it's an excellent game. I right. think oh, it yeah, benefits totally. from being three-dimensional, you know, and the, what they do with the level design and stuff. But no, it did not sing that sort of new kind of chimera of Mario game did not generate a bunch of other games trying to do the same thing. I mean, it the overall for that game is still a two D, is still a Mario two D map. It's just you're not actually tied to the track on it. I mean, like they knew what mm-hmm. they were doing. Yeah, but maybe maybe the platforming genre just works better in two D. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just throwing that <laughs> yeah. out there because yeah. you know, the other the, the other market, the market has always suggested that it's more popular as well. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like where whether you you personally find it works better or not, you know, they, 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 those have been the the really huge selling games. So it's not surprising that they put it in that area. Are yeah, there other genres that Billy would like to bring up with the Wii U library. You know, weirdly, I don't know. I guess. Go ahead, go ahead, sorry. Cam. So, Nintendo couldn't really get the support from Western developers, so I guess uh, mostly, uh, I don't know, the Japanese developers haven't been uh, working, haven't made uh, first-person shooters, so that that genre withered on the Wii U. But we gained some um, uh, nice uh, character action games. We did, yeah. Oh, that's true. So, so yeah, like I, beaten, you know, they, they were getting platinum in so Devil's early, third. kind of. Oh, yeah. No. Oh, yes, <laughs> my modeling but, debut. Yeah, so no. like it started with uh, <laughs> Nintendo porting over uh, Ninja Gaiden Three, which was, eh, you know, not that great. But apparently, there. an improvement on the original version, which was really scorned, but still not that great. Yeah, that, right. But then they, they made amends and just fully published a sequel to Bayonetta and uh, and the know. original Bayonetta like they and the original as well yeah I hadn't I hadn't actually played the, uh, the original Bayonetta for I played like the demo of it on PS3 which would had all technical problems you know the 360 version was the non broken version on the previous right. so I didn't get a 360 until late until you guys gifted it to me so yeah I hadn't played it I got yeah played both of those on Wii U. And uh, that was, yeah, that was great. Uh, I'm sure that'll come up in the top fives shortly. Um, uh, so, but uh, RPGs obviously didn't get a lot just until uh, right at the end, which is kind of typical for... That's, yeah, that's you know, it, it, it tends mm-hmm. to be late, but of course it was. A, you know, it's just the off-TV play thing made RPG, console RPG for me, so much more viable. 
And mm. it did. I know this was something I was looking forward to. Right, for, uh, there is audio evidence of me on this show talking about, oh, you imagine a Xenoblade game with off-TV play, how much... <laughs> good that would do and it did that good and then some you know and, uh, yeah. i just kind of wish it'd been more than one game so yeah, yeah i mean the there's... thing that every advantage that the wii u gives in terms of off tv play for rpgs the 3ds also gives so it's like it seems oh, superfluous sure. right with this, but the thing with something like a xenoblade is you get to when you want to appreciate the spectacle of it you get yeah. to put it on the big screen and see the, the incredible landscapes in high definition, beautiful looking graphic. Yeah, that you don't get on the 3DS. I, I would uh, say yeah, that, that that's that, what I was looking forward to, and that is what materialised for that one game. I just would have it would have been nice if it a bit more than one that could have had that experience. I would hmm. say the Wii U as an RPG system is kind of an interesting case study because you have all of the stuff that was in the 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 virtual console space. There's there's a significant yeah. number there. But you do have the two big games. We're not going to talk about Paper Mario because it's not really an RPG or not much of one. An adventure game. You do do have Xenoblade Chronicles X, of course, which is a very distinct kind of RPG um, with with more Western Western influence in it too than than a standard JRPG because of all the the free openness of that game. Um, And, of course, Mm -hmm. you have Tokyo Mirage Session Sharp FE which is a very, very Japanese RPG. Uh, that, a very Atlas RPG. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 <laughs> it's following the form pretty tightly, but doing some stuff with it. But while that's kind of it in terms of what's on the system, it, in the grand scheme of like the big games and the library, those are two pretty, pretty primo examples. So it, it's hard to say that the genre was poorly represented yeah it was put re- in relative terms yeah you know it's, it's it wasn't that poorly represented and you th- had some digital stuff as well um right. you know that, that filled some spots when you think about what yeah. nintendo the fact those were nintendo published and what nintendo's internal studios were capable of even if you go back to say 2005 like that's actually an accomplishment from them in terms of rpgs like that's that's kind of beyond what you would expect of nintendo from that time frame but now we and of course them, if if the wii u had been more successful you might have seen some more stuff building off that like the rpgs often don't take a while to get going right. on a system mm-hmm. and then you get a lot of them perhaps but because you know with the wii u being uh, so such a poor performer it was really just delivering on the promises of games that were promised very early and then took a long time to come to fruition um in that case but still you know not not uh not, not uh, without some really good games in that area. One thing I wanted to talk about, though, of, there's a lot of parallels between Wii U and GameCube. Into, obviously, it hasn't sold as well as GameCube, unfortunately, about two thirds as well. But uh, you know, that was one of the last times that the you know, Nintendo had a console that didn't perform very well in relative terms. Um, but you know, you have to say the third-party support in general, was not nearly as good as on GameCube. When you think of how many... You know, GameCube was pretty much on parity with its, the other systems at that time. Um, you know, so it got a lot of, like, premium third-party games from Western publishers, for instance. You know, something like a Beyond Good and Evil uh, or you know, Soul Calibur did best on GameCube, stuff like that. And it like was that. occasionally the target platform. Like, sometimes... They, the first time they showed Beyond Good and Evil, they were showing it on GameCube hardware. Like, occasionally that was a system they were making it for, and the other ones were ports. 
and mainstream. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that's that's a case where they paid up. I mean, that's you could right. argue like, but you know, like uh, some of the stuff they did with Platinum is a little bit similar with with you. But yeah, that was a huge deal. Uh, you know, getting that done. Um, you know, and, and so you know, I don't think you know, there's a great comparison there in terms of GameCube. I think clearly had the better support, but what GameCube didn't have that Wii U has is the digital store. Um, you know the kind of the indie stuff and all that. And I was just wondering, how much do you think, how well do you think the indie possibilities of digital games kind of cover for the? You know, I mean, early on you had some decent ports of third-party games from like the previous generation. You know, I like playing Darksiders two on it, even though it locked up every now and again. Um, sure did. Need for Speed Most Wanted had a really good version on there. You know, like I, there, I, there was. There were some good ports, but they game. dried up fast. They they were gone very quickly because of the poor opening. And then it was up to indie stuff, and just for different experiences that people have. What do you, how well do you think they kind of covered? So for the, I, I think the, the challenge the with indie games is a lot of them kind of cover the same space. Now they, they do it, they do it differently, but because of the the resource constraints they're operating under. They're not going to make a big first-person shooter. They're not going to make a big open-world RPG. They're not going to make you know, these complex games. Said so you're going to get you're going to get forms that are easier to represent in in boiled-down forms, like a racing game, a two D platformer, puzzle games. Yeah, small small team games. Right. So in some genres, they did an okay job. I mean, Nintendo paraded around um, fast racing Neo because they yeah. knew. They knew there was no F Zero game, F-Zero. but they, <laughs> but like they, they sort of held that up there as a as an act of contrition. But there was no, there's no filling in for the 3D platformers. There's only one or or two. There's there's two of them that are kickstarted games. There's Hat in Time, which will never come out, and Ukulele, which also will never come out. But it will actually come out, just not in the Wii U's <laughs> lifetime. <laughs> well, yeah. Even if, if they stick to the Q1 2017, that's arguably not in the Wii U's lifetime. Right. The, the Wii the Wii U version will will likely not come out. But you did see puzzle stuff come out, and you saw some very unique takes. You had things like, and the chat's freaking out. We haven't mentioned it yet. Yes, you had affordable space adventures. Um, mm-hmm. You had these games that took that took you know basic forms and did creative things with them. So in that way, it does cover, but. At the same time, the experiences that everyone is talking about, the games that are you know, at the center of consciousness, they're not there. And you either had to have another system or you weren't part of the zeitgeist. So there was no version of um, Metal Gear Solid Five, even though there were versions on the previous systems. There was no... Um, oh, what's that, that Assassin's Creed-inspired Lord of the Rings game? Shadow of Mordor. Even yes. though there were there were versions in the last no, that's, that's it. especially with how slow Japan has been to embrace. You know, there's been uh, to embrace the latest round of consoles. There's been you know versions of 360 and PS3 versions of games right. all over the place. You know, it's very very late to the point where it's like, okay, we are just decisively going to totally break from that uh, generation. And had the Wii U been more successful, you've got to think it would have got a lot of those ports as it did in the beginning but 
the the poor commercial performance just doomed that um and then yeah it was up to the uh you yeah, know kind of the that the the indie space became sort of the 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 only way you could kind of have uh, a broader sort of palette uh, to draw from rather than just the nintendo stuff but the one thing i will say is even though uh, you know the uh, there's a lot of stuff on there you know that's not exclusive or anything the off tv play angle for me made it far more a place that i would enjoy those games something like runner 2 it's not the only place you can play runner 2 by any no. stretch of the imagination but it's the only place i would have poured all that time in and and uh, you know like really got into improving on the leaderboards and stuff there's no way i would have sat in front of uh you know another console for that length of time to play that game so in that sense it was uh, you know really really cool but the, yeah i guess it can only go so far um so no right let's we've got to get on to the top fives now the meat of it um, mm-hmm. and uh i think maybe we'll do a two uh and then a call in uh so let's begin with james your top five will sure. you go so i i had cause that will come out later to do this um i actually went all the way through 20 so but i'll just do my top five in order starting at number one so I'm not going to go five, four, three, two, one because I've got them in one, two, three, four, five order. Xenoblade Chronicles X is number one. Shovel Knight is number two. Super Mario 3D World is three. Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze is four, and then Tokyo Mirage Session Sharp FE is five. Any honorable mentions, considering you've got lots? Sure. Um, I'm actually... It doesn't literally have to be the next three. No, I'm actually not going to do that. So I... um, Human Resource Machine, I really, really liked. It spoke to me in, in dark and, and professional ways at the same time. I've, I've already <laughs> mentioned Affordable Space Adventures. That Need for Speed Most Wanted port is really, really good. I mean, it's really good. And Hyrule Warriors did the thing that I thought would never happen. I played a Dynasty Warriors game for extended periods of time. That wasn't <laughs> – when I say that, knowing that I did do the, the Capcom one, but that's different. So that's it. Okay. Uh, so, uh, Guillaume, let's, uh, let's see yours. Sorry, I just roll out the list. Um, yeah, yeah, roll right. it out. You could do it in reverse order if you want. I'm not going to hold it. <laughs> well, I, I, I didn't put it... Uh, I didn't rank them, but... Oh, uh, yeah, you don't have to rank them. You don't yeah. have to if you if it's so, too well. Bayonetta 2, uh, I'm writing a wrong here because I think I had like Persona <laughs> Q in my 2014 list uh, best games, and Bayonetta 2 was not there. And uh, because I hadn't played it enough, and now Persona Q would not be on my list, but Bayou 2, Bayou 2 is definitely. Um, Pikmin 3, I, I kind of discovered uh, that I love this, uh, this uh, well, not this franchise, because the first two games aren't that great, but uh, Pikmin 3 fixed a lot of the issues with pathfinding and, um, and stuff like that uh, that I had with the, the series. Um, Scram Kitty is uh, everything uh, I wanted in the kind of a, a small mm. little shooter with exploration in it, and uh, it's challenging, and it's a lot of fun, and it's pretty cute. Uh, Mario 3D World is pretty amazing multiplayer, and um, I i don't know. I think it, it holds up and hangs up there with uh, Super Mario Galaxy. Uh, and finally, Splatoon, which is, you know... I, I never thought that I would be playing a, a, a you know, a, a shooter from Nintendo and would actually turn out to be good. Yeah, a competitive, yeah. like, squad shooter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This that's is... something, if you go back to, like, the whole expectations that we talked about before, 
you, you weren't imagining a game like Splatoon showing up. No, no. Like, so it's people complete... talk about like all oh, Mario Paintball or something for years, like kind of facetiously as like what they would do with a first-person shooter or something. But yeah. this went way beyond that. I felt absolutely, yeah. And uh, my honorable mentions would be the games on the Virtual Console that uh, were not on the Wii and that appeared on the yeah, Wii U. Yeah, good so point. Demon's Earthbound, Crest. Demon's Crest, Mega Man X3, and uh, a bunch of others, and you know, including like GBA games like Final Fantasy, Advanced Tactics uh, 2, and stuff like that. Like it's it's pretty cool, you know. Like we. We, I think we focused a lot on the, the consoles, the systems that were missing from the virtual console and Wii U, but they yeah, we, they were, we they, were get... that, they were a number of downsides to talk about in terms of like NES emulation went wrong, yeah. Super Nintendo emulation went somewhat wrong as well. The pace of releases was way down from what it was when we started. There was a mm-hmm. lot of things to kind of complain about, but at least you got games that you kind of felt like the ship had sailed on after we Yeah, after yeah it had the, given up hope. Yeah, <laughs> so, the, so, the double dose of Earthbound, yes. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, he ruling out the triple dose there. <laughs> uh, I mean, we've already said Nintendo released their last Wii U game, so... Just saying. <laughs> okay, so do we have a call in set up, or should we uh, should we should we just get a crack on with our top fives? Um, let's do one more. Okay, uh, well I'll do mine then. Uh, so my top five are going to go in reverse order. Screw you, James. Number five, DKC Tropical Freeze. Four, Pikmin Three. Three, Bayonetta Two. <laughs> <laughs> this is getting confusing. Huh? Two Super Mario 3D World and one Super Mario Maker, uh, which I feel like is really. I mean, Super Mario 3D World's amazing. I absolutely love that game. It probably only misses out on the number one spot because Super Mario 3D Land got there first and kind right. of, you know, it kind of takes away some of the impact of that. But on the other hand, 3D World's a much more glorious kind of realization of that that design concept and of course the soundtrack is spectacular um that, that's a big thing actually that you kind of started on we the whole embracing orchestrated soundtracks but soundtracks this generation on we have been amazing it's tropical it, freeze is up there all-time favorite for me it's astonishing uh, good. and 3d world is very brassy like oh, it's a- so the live brass is so integral to it. Mario Kart 8, which is one of my honorable, honorable mentions, that has the same thing going on. It's just joyous. It's wonderful. It really enhances the experience for me. I mean, like, it's it's weird for me to not have Mario Kart 8 and Super Smash Brothers on there because I poured so much time into them being multiplayer games that had good online. But, you know, I, I kind of struggle to, because they're as iterative as they are, maybe they just lost out, but they you know, certainly could be. Uh, another honorable mention I want to make is Wonderful 101, uh, mm. which is, you know, kind of, not as elegant as Bayonetta 2, not as kind of polished and uh, exacting as that is, but you know, it's got a bit more of that sort of unique character to it. It's got a bit more of that early system, let's try and use the features thing, which you know it kind of works in some cases not so well in others. But it's a it's a great game. I really do enjoy it a hell of a lot. It's it's uh, off the wall. It's different, uh, but it's got a lot of that platinum kind of uh, you know. Kind of, uh, 
flavor to it in terms of improving how you play you're getting more and more technical how you play improving your grades and it's just the colossal and crazy the the ending is spectacular beyond words it's uh loads of fun um i hope some people maybe if they didn't you know go get it at the time because it was kind of a bit lukewarm can find it like affordably or something now because it is great um so are we ready now with the um uh, let me see so working on it right really? now. So, yeah, so I will say that so far both Mario Kart 8 and Smash have been shut out, correct? Uh, yeah, I know. It's, uh, they're so good. I mean, that's the problem with They are good. They are so uh, good. But they're on my list, my friend. Okay, well John, we may as well let Yeah, let's, go, let's go get ahead. John. Yeah, let's go ahead and get John and yeah. we're, we're bringing in we're bringing in the Koopmeister himself. So John, go ahead. Oh, well all right, starting at number one. Actually, I'll start at number five. Number five for me is Super Mario Maker, which just really, really impressed the hell out of me. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, number four coming in is Splatoon. Fantastic. Uh, you know, kind of the game that I'd been wanting for years out of Nintendo. Um, I, I wouldn't say that I didn't think they would ever do it, but I didn't think they would do it this well right out of the gate. So looking forward to Splatoon 2. Number three, Super Smash Brothers. For Wii U, there many stu- stupid times had from with James yeah. playing his idiotic Super Smash Brothers. Hey, hey I'm not the one who said 90 minute coin battle. <laughs> All right, and number two, Mario Kart 8, a fantastic game. I'm a huge fan of the Mario Kart series. Uh, they did all the DLC right. Everything was just fantastic. Number one, of course, Xenoblade Chronicles X, a game that I sunk 120 hours into and pretty much played for about 27 days straight. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, game, it owned my really life in a, in a in an alarming in an alarming way. What's funny is, John, you and I never played online together at that game. No, and, no, and we never did. I'm kind of surprised. Yeah, yeah, we both have stuck a hell of a lot of time into it. Yeah, so we we are joined now by Mr. Don Koopman himself to give us his top five games of the Wii U. Hello, everybody. Hello, Don. Hello. Hey. 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 Uh, yeah, so I already wrote a t- f- top 30 like a week ago, so I already have this top 5 ready to go. Uh, <laughs> good, good, good. Uh, so, I will go from 1 to 5. My favorite Wii U game is Tokyo Mirage Session Sharp FE. Okay. Yeah, I'm, uh, yeah. Yeah, I love that game. It's really good. It's, it, it's dumb, but that's why I love it too. Um, number 2 is Platoon. I think... Nobody's surprised by that. <laughs> uh, That's the game I likely put the most hours into of any Wii U game, by the way. Um, I think I'm currently at 170 hours with that game. Jeez. Yeah, damn. <laughs> uh, number three is Shovel Knight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that definitely deserves uh, recognition. Again, it's, like, it's not the only place you can play it, but it was... Oh, it, no, it was- Easily it, the best it, platform it, for me to play It got in on. there yep. for me because of the free DLC where I got to play that game all over again in a completely different way. But like yeah, that, that was the, so crazy. The Spectanoid. And there's another one coming co- soon. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. I mean, you got more to look forward to. It still hasn't fully, like, I still haven't mm. got all that I got for my money yet. It's amazing. <laughs> it's the game that never stops giving. And that's why, that's why it's so cool. I definitely... Uh, the, the second time I replayed it was definitely when the Amiibo came out, and then I played it with a friend, and it was super cool. Um, 
Fourth one is uh, Rayman Legends. Mm. I think that's a great co-op game, especially with the Murphy stuff. Yeah, like yeah, the, 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 that actually is the asymmetric multiplayer. Uh, you know, it, there was a whole levels designed around that, which of course got like totally um, had to be weirdly adapted for the other systems, didn't they? Yeah, for me, it's only a game that works on Wii U or PlayStation Vita. I don't know why it would work on anything else. Uh, but I played it mostly on Wii U, especially with one player pressing on the gamepad and a player just playing with a controller. It's really good fun. Um, and then my number five is Rumbo. Ah, oh. Rumbo. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Speaking of 2D platformers. That is one of my favorite local multiplayer games ever. Um, I got uh, a full crew of people together at one time. Nine people? So- yeah, nine people. So, so <laughs> wow. four people. So four people with the remote sideways, four people with the nunchuck, and one person with the gamepad, and that feels awesome. Like there is no feeling on this system like it, um, and I think it's o- something that can only be done on um, on Wii U, especially with the the color master stuff, where one person is just a bit of the mean dungeon master who throws stuff at their way. <laughs> um, and with the other modes, like the adventure mode and um, just the run mode, king of the hill. It's just all good stuff around. And like online and adventure mode, just really complete that package. Awesome. I, uh, I, that is one of the, uh, the rare new 3DS retail games too. So there is, <laughs> yeah, that game, right. that game has gotten a lot of love, especially from Nintendo of, of all people. So, Obviously, Don recommends it highly, so maybe I need to go back and try that one. Yeah, I've, I've played some single player, just brief of that. So I'm not very deep even in single player, but multiplayer. Yeah, they're never going to get nine people. That, that's, that's not that seems insane. <laughs> I, I would like to find some. I don't even know nine people. <laughs> pretty, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm also really a local multiplayer guy, so I usually have a lot of friends over, and that's the one time where we just could all play together, which is a really rare thing. Yeah, I, do, I did. Cool. I did get. I did do affordable space adventures two player, which was pretty great. Uh, <laughs> trying to coordinate, you know, the amount of like three, two, one. Nah, oh god! It, it was so yeah, that, that game becomes okay. really hacking in that sense, but it's it's good fun too, for sure. Cool. Well, yeah, Greg. there you go. Yeah, well, I, yeah, we've 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 all given our top fives. We're pretty much the end. I don't know whether we could, we'd have time to fit anyone in anyway at this point. Uh, if if there is anybody else queued up, um, um, so I don't think so. I think we're we're out of time. Yep. So any any uh, wrap up thoughts on kind of the Wii U's library, where it sits in the pantheon of Nintendo console libraries and all that kind of thing. I mean, I think it was good as far as Nintendo libraries go. I mean, certainly it's like all of the all of the kind of weak spots that you would expect from a system that was pretty much only supported by Nintendo are there. But the content that was released was really, really good if you're a Nintendo fan. And it had a couple of kind of oddball things too, like uh, like like po- Pokemon Tournament was yep. kind of just yeah, like, it's really good. You Pokemon. know, like some pretty cool surprises in there. So I, 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 mean, I agree with John. I think. Y- it was the weaknesses you would expect, but I think they also did a, an admirable job trying to cover for those. I think they did, you know, getting two big Japanese RPGs on the system that basically they were supporting in the singular, getting a shooter from their internal teams on the system, you know, a games as a service game. You know, they, they did 
the, the weaknesses were still there and they were still exposed, but they did an admirable job trying to fill those voids as best they could. Yeah, I agree with what uh, what Guillaume said earlier on about you know getting platinum and getting bayonet on there as well. You know that that was a nice move, even though I'm sure it didn't do great business. Uh, it's it's an incredible game, very very spectacular. Something you know that they wouldn't really provide themselves uh, fills out the library nicely. But I mean, for me, most of it is like really good games in forms that they'd already established elsewhere whether it be side-scrolling platformers or you know, something like Pikmin 3 which was a, I feel a significant improvement on you know just playing the new play control uh, versions on Wii. Thank or you. The, control yeah, the chat were, was just like calling the, the, for my head but uh, <laughs> Pikmin 3 really is a huge improvement. I, 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 I like the controls are, are better because you know, it's designed with those in mind and you know, all that kind of stuff but I I really like the the sort of medium it reached between one and two, um, you know, in terms of kind of having something of a restriction on you with the fruit, but it's not as hard right. as the original day limit. Um, I love the bosses that they kind of introduced. That, you know, the games that, I mean, obviously you always had big creatures and stuff, but you really have real sort of bonafide bossy cats with sort of attack patterns and things which uh, felt really special. And I really love the end of Pikmin 3. I know people, there's a lot of people that hate it, um, and yeah, it's a, the, the execution's a little wonky, but it's really special and really memorable. That 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 will be what I remember from that game is is that final sort of uh, trek through the tree, getting hunted by that monster and then fighting it at the end. It's uh, I, I actually really really love that, but I think the. For all those games that you know were really great executions of stuff they'd done before. Um, Super Mario Maker is at the top because it isn't something they've done before. It's kind of like a dream come true of, you know, being able to make your own Mario levels and see all this crazy stuff that other people have done with it, um, you know, in, in a way that, uh, you know, I've never seen user-generated content handled that well before. Uh, right. So that that was really, really special. Guillaume, real quick, because we are out of time. Uh, well, I was happy with it, uh, but you know, like this generation, simultaneously, I had I kind of scaled back the m- amount of time I, I play games, and also I I probably have more systems than I've ever had before. So the problems of no third party support and sparse release releases and things like that um, haven't affected me as much. So it's easy for me to say, well, yeah, like pretty a lot of the things I I've played on the Wii U. I've really enjoyed, but then, yes, I wish it had been more popular. I wish it had gotten more ports, more third-party supports, more Western support. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I think that Nintendo's developers have been, like, uh, at the top of their game, and that's basically it, you know? Cool. I'm glad that we got those games, but, yeah. All right. Well, that's going to do it for uh, the RFN Retroactive on the – or, excuse me, Retrospective on the Wii U – now we're going to turn it over to uh, to Neil, Neil Ronahan with the Cube Fight Animal Crossing vs. Star Fox hey. Adventures. Hey, Neil. All right. I'm going to add on uh, the guests for this segment. Uh, Excellent. We should be joined by an Andy Gergen and a Dan Bloodworth momentarily. Excellent. And while we are waiting for them, I'm going to give an update on the current uh, Telethon donations numbers. We are at $2,880 of our $4,000 goal, which means... We are $120 away from J&J Make That Game Today. 
and a yeah. mere sixteen or a mere six hundred and twenty dollars away from Zach presents all things prehistorica, and another five hundred on that from a shenanigans segment that I have not planned in the slightest. So that sounds like shenanigans to me. Excellent. On that, Neil. Yeah, we're gonna let you um, have it. Uh, all right. No, sorry, I just got a message. Uh, well, you know, I'll just share this. Uh, Seren just messaged me on Skype saying, did Star Fox Adventures have multi-memory card town visiting? Just my two cents. Uh, which I think, I guess Animal Crossing won. Um. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so Andy, you are here, correct? I'm here. Welcome I, to me being here. I think we're still waiting for a Dan Bloodworth to join us as well, but we can kind of give, I guess, the runaround on what Cube Fight is. Andy and I have been doing this podcast mini-series, we've called it, uh, where we go through the first-party published Nintendo GameCube games and make them fight unnecessarily. So it's in chronological order. So like our first one was Luigi's Mansion versus Wave Race. Um, and then from there, we've gone through all of 2001, and now we're nearing the end of 2002 with today's matchup, Animal Crossing versus Star Fox Adventures. What's our what's our release dates for these? Nearing the end of 2002, are these are these fall 20 2002? September. Uh, so okay. Star Fox Adventures came out in North America on September 23rd, 2002, and Animal Crossing came out the week before in North America okay. on September 15th. And okay. here's a weird I I probably like knew this and forgot, but in a uh, in Europe, Animal Crossing didn't come out until 2004. Really? That's insane. Especially considering it was an N64 game before it was a GameCube game. It was out in probably, what, like 1997, 98? It was was early 2001, actually, when it came out as Animal Forest. Oh, Uh, okay. Because it was in development for a long time, though. Because Animal Crossing was, yeah, it was Animal Forest supposed to be on the 64DD, but then was reduced to a regular N64 game and then came out on the N64 in April of 2001. Uh, came out in Japan in December 2001. Gotcha, gotcha. I got Animal Crossing for Christmas 2002. I actually have very fond memories. It's one of my last, like, so I wasn't a kid. I was in college when this came out, but it's one of the last times I remember getting a video game for Christmas and then playing it all Christmas morning. So we're having some, uh, Bloodworth is having some connection issues. So I think he has to reboot Skype because Skype is hell. Uh, Skype that, is that hell. It's a special kind of hell, really. Yeah. But yeah, for me, for for me, Animal Crossing, I think I got it close to launch. Uh, I got really into it mostly because I wanted to play all the NES games. Right. Like, that was kind of that was my that motivation. Was a big draw, right? That was a huge draw. Yeah. Like, that was I the remember, first virtual console. Yeah, I think. Uh, what was it? I think you could unlock Zelda maybe only with like a Game Shark or something. That was but one of the I, first times that Nintendo obviously like was endorsing and, and providing emulation of their classic games. I mean, I think they had done a little bit of that on uh, GBA before that, but this is one of the earlier instances of them providing a wide access to their early library through emulation. Yeah. And I, and I seem to recall an interview sometime in the past where uh, Nintendo, someone at Nintendo made a comment that the success of, or the, re- the positive reception of, Animal Crossing's NES games kind of led to the NES Classic series and the Game Boy Advance, which then led to Virtual Console. Well, there you go. That's how you do it. So the NES Classics came after Animal Crossing? Uh, yes. Okay, so this, this is really like, 
maybe did this come before or after those Zelda uh, collections on GameCube? I'm not sure. Because is, is this the first time Nintendo emulated NES games and and got them in our hands? I'm I think trying it, to. Th- it might have been. It might have been. That's 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 an, uh, uh, a legacy rating right there, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I <laughs> hear. Yay! Worth. Hey, welcome to the call. Hey, man. How are you? Doing good. Skype just decided it needed a forced update, so you know that that sounds like Skype. Yep. <laughs> Uh, we were we were talking a little bit of Animal Crossing, but I'm going to briefly pause to mention our contest that's going on right now. Uh, our lovely prize man, Carmine Red, reminded me. Uh, the the keyword for this hour is cubivore. So email that into contest at nintendoworldreport.com for a chance to win a regular prize at this hour and a big prize for this first quarter of the show. Yeah. Get it done. So we were just talking about Animal Crossing and uh, and basically its origins as, you know, a 64DD game, then coming out on the N64 in reduced form, then the GameCube, and then our early experiences with it. So, so Dan, you reviewed Animal Crossing for Planet GameCube back in 2002. What were your, like, experiences with Animal Crossing before it came out and then reviewing it? Um, I definitely was very much intrigued by it from all the stuff that uh, IGN had done importing it and was you know checking it out and yeah it was just fascinating it was it was unlike anything else so I was I was very curious to get into it uh, unfortunately I think like one of the things that, that's completely lost in translation is the whole uh, the speech thing you know because Japanese is so much uh, easier to just emulate with the, the sound effects that it actually you know the Japanese versions it sounds like it they're actually talking to you. Whereas in the, the, the American version, it's just gibberish. It's yeah, not gibberish exactly. They're saying that they're they're spelling the letters out very very quickly. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> wow. All the letters in a row very fast. <laughs> yeah, they're just spelling the words and they're doing it very quickly. It's actually kind of amazing to live. Once once that clicks in your head, if you listen to them talk, it, it's kind of entrancing. Yeah, and I think even, I even mentioned my review. Every once in a while, you get something that actually sounds like a word or like a bunch of O's strung together or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I think the thing that really jumped out at me about this game when I first saw it was the the clock. It's the first game I can think of that really like implemented a real-world clock where you had to play the game at certain times if you wanted certain things to happen. And I know, of course, you could game the system to some extent, but that sort of defeated what made it really interesting, like having to go in and say, okay, well... If I want to get the turnip lady, I have to play Sunday mornings. And if I want to see KK Slider, I have to stop hanging out with my friends at 10 p.m. on Saturday <laughs> and go play this weird GameCube game. But the cool thing about, like, at least, and I think this is what really appealed to me about the game was it hit at the exact right spot in my life. I was like an RA on my dorm that year, and uh, people were always hanging out in my room playing video games anyway. And I think I had two full memory cards. Like eight people who are like inhabiting my little Animal Crossing world across two different villages, and people would just like queue up in my dorm room and like wait for their turn. They had like a little half an hour clock where everyone got a little bit of time to uh, to play. I, I think I even sold a GameCube because of this game on my floor. It was very, it was very popular. It was a lot of fun to have that much involvement amongst the people that I was effectively living with. Yeah, yeah for sure. We uh, we used to go. Uh, Adam Contras, who was uh, around in 2002 he helped make the uh, e3 dvd 
uh, we would go up to his place and uh, do the the train stations, you know, and, and go back and forth between villages and see all the crazy stuff he was making. He's probably one of the most advanced guys uh, that I knew doing patterns because he had figured out how to basically put photographs all over his town. And so he had photos of himself. Uh, I think he even had photos of like a bare pair of boobs. It was like, it was just, just randomness all over Animal Crossing. You know, and if you look about Animal Crossing, you think about sort of how it's evolved over the years. It's an interesting story because I think more than anything else that they've done, except for maybe Mario Kart, uh, Animal Crossing is extremely iterative. The The latest version on 3DS is really not that different than the GameCube game. I would say it, that probably the New Leaf is the most different that an Animal Crossing yeah, has been. Yeah, New Leaf is the most different, but fundamentally they're still pretty similar. There's a lot of there's a lot of inheritance from the original N64 slash GameCube game. Uh, so this is the only Animal Crossing that they ever released that doesn't have the sort of round world. So it just is like an overview isometric. Um, one thing that I one thing that I noticed that was a little different that didn't that did not inherit down to future versions as I played it recently for this podcast was uh, the animals are much more willing to give you work to do in this game. Like they're almost always willing to give you something to do so you can accumulate, you know furniture and or carpet that that went away i think in later versions i don't really i didn't play a lot of the ds or the wii versions but i know in, in new leaf they almost never give you a task uh it's really just idle chit chat which i think makes me want to go talk to them less yeah um, no I, I found that when new leaf and going back and playing a little i didn't play too much of the gamecube animal crossing just kind of enough to remember like oh yeah which sure. it's kind of dated but still very charming uh, the and inventory I didn't notice system that. is very dated. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, they haven't really changed that that much. Well, they that, you couldn't stack fruit even. Oh yeah, that's bad. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, one thing that, that went away was uh, I remember there was a journal, right? Like in your room, you would just be able to write down what. Oh it sure, yeah. Day. And I don't think that has made it forward at all. Mm-hmm. Although you noted in your cons in your review saying that the typing interface is slow and cumbersome. Keyboard support of any kind would have been greatly welcomed. Yeah, it's amazing how much I typed. I, I remember sending letters <laughs> back and forth constantly to animals, you know, and it, it, it was, it, that's another thing that seemed to be way more encouraged in a way. I, I feel like later on I, I wasn't doing that as much, even though I had a much better typing interface. Mm-hmm. And I think that might have been because I think that the, like, the idea of typing full-out letters to animals, like, that's... That's a lot of work, and I and I feel like over time they've kind of streamlined Animal Crossing games in general, so they've kind of gotten away from that a little bit. Sure. But I mean, I, I feel like the game was instantly charming, Like, and the music is a big part of that. When you, when you fire that game up and you hear that music that changes on the hour, and it, I mean, a lot of that music has carried forward, I think, to the, the later versions of the game, but and I, I played maybe an hour of Animal Crossing for GameCube to prepare for this podcast, just to remind myself of sort of how it differs. And uh, I was just really amazed at how instantly I was transported back to to Animal Crossing. Like it doesn't matter what version it is, you play Animal Crossing, and there's a there's a feeling of like hominess, and, and it just it really clicks for me personally. I, I'm not going to play a lot of this. I, I feel like if I'm, if I'm going to play Animal Crossing, I'm probably going to maybe like restart my new life, my new leaf town, which I'm actually kind of tempted to do um, and start over and, and and rebuild that thing, but. I just I really really like this game. I think that I think that this game has a lot to offer, and I know it's kind of pointless, and I know that they haven't changed it much over the years. But uh, there's just something really I think really special about Animal Crossing. It's so charming. 
It's incredibly charming. It's one of the most charming things they've made. And for a company that specializes in making things that are charming, that says something. <laughs> did, yeah. Did, or, go on. Go ahead. Uh, I, no, I was just saying, it's like, I think it's, the, it's just the whole social nature of it all around. It's, it was pretty different at the time, you know, especially as somebody who wasn't, you know, playing PC games in that era. You know, I, I, I hadn't played anything quite like it. And the, and the fact that they had all of these ways to get more or less get around not having an Internet connection, you know, it's like right. you had the memory card thing to go visit another person's town. You had the basically uh, what I refer to as the tracking numbers uh, to be able to ship people items, just like give somebody the code in a chat room. And, and there you go. I sent you the item. It feels like uh, a very 1992 implementation of an MMO in 2002. <laughs> I mean, that's that's like N- Nintendo in a nutshell. It's like, yeah. hey, everybody's been doing this for 10 years, but they're first doing it. But, like, there's a really, like, cute animal with it, so it's fine. One of the things that I, I don't think you can – can you have multiple players inhabiting different characters in the same town in New Leaf? Or is that completely gone by the wayside at this point? Because I loved having I that no plaza – I love having that plaza in in the GameCube version where up to four people could just share like a little a, a little a little mini village within your town. Right. Uh, I, I don't know how many of the future games had that, but that was one of the things that I really really liked. And of course, once again, right play, right game, right time in my life. I don't know that I would have the 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 players to 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 share that with now. Uh, maybe when my daughter's a little bit older, but. I, re- I really liked having that back in the day. I felt like that made that made for a nice community. I liked having I like having the shared space, ha- having seeing what what your friends are mailing to you while they're playing or what they're writing on the uh, the the board in the center of the uh, of the town. Um, yeah, that's just a lot of fun. What what nicknames they're giving to the to the townspeople and making them call each other. Uh, that's just so much fun, and I, I'm not sure how much of that has really carried forward. Animal Crossing became much more of a solo experience as the game iterated onto other platforms and quite frankly i was actually surprised at how much time i put into new leaf because i kind of figured that that was that was a type of game that maybe i would never really get into again because i didn't have those those, those players like living with me anymore uh, but i did i did pay i did put a lot of time into new leaf i really liked it and i still think that much of what makes new leaf successful originated and still exists in the original gamecube release yeah i think a lot of the uh yeah, some of the the kind of uh, more emergent things that you weren't expecting, like you know, fashion, moving around uh, town and that kind of thing, I, they they definitely exist uh, and, and they can happen when you play with other people online. Uh, but it it seemed to be more unexpected when you had somebody living in that town because mm-hmm. they were just playing the game, you know, when you weren't playing the game, and so all the stuff would happen, and then you would come in and you would see the results of what they did. Uh, whereas when somebody comes and visits your town, obviously you're, you're there right along with them. You kind of see, you know, when they're swapping something out in your store. Uh, so all of that, you're, you're kind of, you're kind of watching them in a way as they do it. Well, and and, and on on top of that, on top of that, the people that are making changes in your town on the GameCube version are people that you probably know very well because they're literally in your physical space. That doesn't mean you don't know people on the internet, very well when they're coming into your town in New Leaf, but odds are the person who's who's littering your town or leaving lewd messages for you to find later is someone you literally will will see and talk to later on that day anyway, um, which I think makes them a little more impactful, I guess. I'm very yeah. envious of your college experiences with, with the game, Andy, because I think for me, 
like Animal Crossing on GameCube didn't hit as big for me because I didn't like I guess when it came out I, I would have been is that high school freshman year of high school and I had friends who were in the games but we weren't it wasn't like the we lived close enough that we could do this and like you know actually update it in real time and share a memory card and stuff like that so it was a lot more like the only thing I ever really did with this was kind of visit other people's towns sure. rarely as opposed to having that experience of having multiple people on the same game we even had the fish sale prices printed out on a poster in my room <laughs> <laughs> like that that sound, like i wish i want to recreate that like yeah that it was so amazing. good yeah one of the yeah animal crossing is one of the few series where i'm pretty much always buying the player's guide you know i i almost never buy player's guides anymore but you know when new animal crossing out i want i want that i want that giant checklist of okay if i if i want to get something if i want to get the especially the kk songs you know make that request you know all right let's go through and try to try to get as many of these songs as we can Mm -hmm. um but yeah talking about people being in your personal space it was really funny uh, reading over my review because my wife gets two shout outs and we weren't even dating at the time (laughs) (laughs) that's great uh and we played that game probably for i don't know two or three years Actually, was dating a girl when I played this uh, in 2002 that I did not continue dating for very long. But she had a she had a house in my town. She probably played <laughs> maybe four times total. But <laughs> after we broke up, which was mostly me breaking up with her, I opened the game up like the next day and found like I had a present in the mail from her and a nice letter. <laughs> and I felt like, quite frankly, a, a, a pretty big piece of shit for that. <laughs> I deleted her character, by the way. <laughs> So the the people behind Animal Crossing, just to kind of hit that, uh, one of them is kind of running Nintendo's internal studios at this point, Katsuya Gucci, who, I mean, uh, Blood, have you have you ever interviewed him over the years? I can't recall that I have. You know, it's funny. I I got more of those N- Nintendo interviews when I was at NWR than I have afterwards. <laughs> but. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know that I have. If, if I if I did, it would probably be on NWR. And actually, I, I did fewer interviews than anyways. More, more the ones that I did, where I was kind of sitting in with with Johnny or somebody. I wasn't that confident in my interview abilities at the time. Yeah, but uh, Aguchi, he's currently the deputy general manager of Nintendo EPD. He started off the company working on Super Mario Brothers three and Super Mario World as a designer. His first directorial. Or his directorial debut was on Star Fox on the Super Nintendo. He also made Star Fox 2, which never came out. He directed Wave Race 64, worked on Yoshi Story, and then basically spent like the next 10 years of his life on Animal Crossing. Wow. Uh, most recently, uh, he was the hardware lead on the Wii U. Uh, he was behind like producing Nintendo Land and stuff like that. And the guy who, I guess, kind of co-directed Animal Crossing with him is Hisashi Nogami, who kind of took over as the main producer. Well, he was the director of every Animal Crossing game until New Leaf, and he's been a producer on the series the whole time, and he also was the producer on Splatoon. So that's kind of... I think that there's there's kind of a weird Animal Crossing... Like, uh, I guess there's an overlap with the, the brains behind Splatoon also have ties to Animal Crossing. Kind of see that, I guess. I mean, maybe a little bit anthropomorphic animals. I mean, <laughs> maybe that's the maybe maybe that's a really obvious on the nose through line. I don't know. 
Well, so soon definitely has that focus on on fashion as well. For all sure. Well, and it's I'll sort of a it's sort of a non-traditional uh, non-level based or, or goal based game. It's it's it has it's, it's gotten common with Animal Crossing that you're playing it in probably shorter bursts of time and kind of doing the same things over and over again. If that really, I'm not sure if that's really a thing or not, but it's not a game where you're going through it and finishing it. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Right. It's definitely a very. I mean, both both games. Hold a special place in my heart at this point. I'm really wanting to go pick up my 3ds and start over on on New Leaf. Or nope, uh, I'm sure I'll play it for like 25 minutes and be like, "Well, that was fun." Dude, if but, you do uh, it, I'll do it. Like, yeah, I mean, because there's that update coming out. Um, that's true. Vaguely soon, I think sometime this year. It's like I don't have a particularly compelling reason to delete my old town, other than I kind of want to start over. Because the far, the fun of that game is building your thing, and once you've kind of built everything you want to build, then the fun begins to wear off. So I guess before we move on to Star Fox Adventures, uh, Animal Crossing will likely have a new entry, I would assume, on the NX, maybe sometime soon. What would you yeah. guys kind of hope to be in that new version of the game? I guess, Dan, let's start with you. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's tough, like, coming this far away since, you know, it's been a while since I played New Leaf. Um but uh, yeah, I I would as we're talking about you know, not having people in that central town and and this who knows what this hybrid idea of the NX is right. Uh, but it'd be interesting if if they could sort of merge uh, some of the, some of those concepts together towards like yeah you you have this central town uh, where your your family or close friends are at and then you know when you you take it with you you know but you can still take it with you on the go and, and play it wherever you want because I, I i do think that animal crossing has uh only benefited uh from going portable and uh i i never really got into the wii animal crossing for a number of reasons uh there were some weird things in there that i didn't like uh but uh yeah being being portable i think really gave it that new life and, and being able to just you know, wherever you're at, pop in at the right time uh, that you need to do something for one uh, and, and keep up with what's going on in your world. Uh, but yeah, like seriously, substantive changes, it's it's very hard for me to like think up something right off the top of my head. There's one thing that Nintendo hinted at when they first announced the Wii uh, and they unveiled Wii Connect 24. And I'm not sure if this is this is a thing that I invented in my head and pretended that they said, or maybe I just took a quote out of context. But I was thinking when they first unveiled Wii Connect 24, sort of the always-on standby internet connectivity thing, that one of the pitches for that was, hey, people could visit your Animal Crossing town even when you're not playing. And I've always thought that was the next logical step. I want to be able to visit someone's town in the cloud when they're not playing, leave them messages, leave them presents, pick up some fruit from them and leave uh, without them having to be playing the game and authorize me. Uh, I feel like that's what makes it feel like a big world out there. And maybe that's bordering too much on MMO, but, and of course it'd be a thing where you'd you'd have authorization as to who could come into your town without you being there. Um, It'd have to be a thing that was pretty heavily controlled by the owner of the town uh, and maybe even has a, sort of a, a fail-safe button in case someone comes in and wrecks it. But I just feel like 
the multiplayer in that game, visiting other towns, is is really hampered by the fact that you don't know who's playing when. And Nintendo's systems have never really been built for making that easy. I think New Leaf did a pretty good job. Um, but even then, if someone was online and didn't have their gates open, they had to add you as like a best friend or something for you to know that they could theoretically be open to opening their gates. It it just has always felt clumsy. That's what I want. And that's not really anything that has to do with NX. It just sort of feels like the next thing that Animal Crossing should put in there to make it feel like a true um, multiplayer online experience. It's just let me visit my friends when they're not sitting around trying to play. Yeah, I think uh, another thing that could be done that would, would work pretty well is uh, you remember when they, they came out with the uh, that plaza thing for the, the Wii U? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the Animal Crossing plaza that ran for like yeah. six months. Right. I, I, th- I think that uh, I think it would work pretty well to sort of move uh, the Totokeke concerts, like maybe not every week because there's still that fun coffee shop feel. But maybe have like big Totokeke events, like festivals, where you just get a whole mass of people, you know, go there at the same time. Like 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 a big event, yeah, that would be a lot of fun. Like it'd be Splatfest, but it would be it would be a KK Slider concert. And the same thing with some of the the other kind of random characters that you know that come around. Like maybe you know, yeah, have more events where a bunch of people can get together and socialize, and you could potentially meet people or see designs that you otherwise wouldn't get. That'd be awesome. Big, oh, it's like a swap meet, like a big garage sale. <laughs> Pay a few thousand bells to get a booth and then sell, sell your wares. <laughs> I love it. All right. So let's, let's move on to Star Fox adventures, which uh, came out in September, 2002 in both North America and Japan came out November that year in Europe. And I'd say this is probably most notable for being Rare's last game with Nintendo. Mm. I guess, uh, Blood, let's start with you. Uh, what were your memories of you know covering this game back in the day, and, and what do you think about it? Uh, well, so, yeah, in contrast to having played uh, Animal Crossing for years on end, Star Fox Adventures I actually got so bored with that I never finished it. Well, then, then, then you and Andy will go hand in hand on this one. <laughs> so, and, and it was one of those things that I couldn't even really figure out why, you know, because I, I had been looking forward to the game since the early announcements as uh, Dinosaur Planet. Uh, and I was very impressed uh, by the graphics uh, when they showed it off on the GameCube. And then I, I got into it and I just... I, I don't know, like nothing I was doing just really felt, I don't, I don't know, it, it didn't it didn't keep me playing. I, I, I just eventually just didn't want to play it anymore. And, and, you know, it's not like now where a lot of games I kind of get on my backlog because uh, I get busy with something else. I just, I just really didn't want to play that game anymore. I didn't it's, care if I got to the end. It's not really a good game. You're describing my last week. I actually picked this game up for the first time about a week and a half ago because uh, I never played it when it first came out. And I thought, well, I probably should try to like educate myself a little bit before we do this discussion. So every night for about a week, I've tried to pick this game up. And 
at least a couple of those nights, I literally got to the title screen and said, no, I can't do that right now. Uh, and at least twice, I've fallen asleep, sometimes multiple times in the same night while trying to play this game. Uh, it's just so boring. It's so boring. Like the, the pace is terrible. The combat is mind-numbingly boring. Uh, a lot, of, and Pretty much most things are just fetch quests. Like, I guess the, the good things about this game... It's that the graphics are really good. I still think they hold up pretty Present- well. Presentation yeah, is yeah. top notch. Yeah. Like voice acting's good. Music is great. Uh, I do really like the moments when you're in an R wing in space. And it's been it's been uh, 14 years. If you're averse to spoilers of Star Fox Adventures, maybe like come back in a half hour. Uh, but the the ending's really cool because you do fight Andros, but like I wish that was the entire game. And also they build up they build up general scales as this big villain for the entire game. And it's like, all right, I'm gonna fight him. And then Andros just kills him. Like <laughs> it's I I replayed the majority of this game last year. We did uh I think it's still on, on the Nintendo World Report YouTube channel. We did kind of like a live discussion. It was a stretch goal for for a telethon. Um and I played through probably half two thirds of the way through the game and like was just angry the whole time kind of did it because I was like, well, I guess it was a stretch goal. I have to force my way through it. And it's just, I don't think it's a very good game at all. I do like, I did play through it back in 2002. The inventory system is gross too. (sighs) Mainly because I was 14 and didn't know any better. That's the only reason why I ever played through this game to completion because I was just like, I like Fox. This will be fun. Having wrong. having to rotate the C stick to use the inventory doesn't make a lot of sense, um, especially that the more things you get in your inventory, it just becomes more and more cumbersome. Uh, the camera is weird. the The frame rate's really good. And the game looks great, um, but the voice acting is really hard to sit through. the uh, The story, tricky. yeah. The, uh, <laughs> It's just the, the puzzles are bland. The environments are like the, the little like central hub that I got to with um, the the water and and the dinosaurs and I guess that's, that's probably most of the game. But the little central hub when you first <laughs> land on Dinosaur Planet, it looks good and that's a little that's a fairly interesting environment. But you have to play at a really boring like temple for twenty five minutes before you get there as a character you don't care about at all. Um, no, it's just. Nothing about this game, and I, I guess I've gone on record before saying I don't really even like a lot of other rare games that much. I'm not a big fan of a lot of what they're known for. Like I didn't love GoldenEye that much. Uh, Perfect Dark is fine. Uh, Conquer I liked, but um, and Banjo is not my thing either. So really, this being their last game just sort of cements everything I always thought I believed about Rare, which is that I just, it's just not for me. Just yeah. not for me. Like this, this game has a pretty checkered past, uh, kind of. I guess on par with Eternal Darkness to a degree, because it was another N sixty four game, and maybe even Animal Crossing, where it was an N sixty four game that then get put, it got pushed to GameCube later on. Uh, from what I could track down, and Rare's, a lot of the people from Rare have been increasingly more open as the years go by. Um, it seemed like Star Fox Adventures started development as Di- as Dinosaur Planet in nineteen ninety seven, after Diddy Kong Racing came out. It was like that team was what went on to work uh, worked on Dinosaur Planet. I think Jet Force Gemini also might have come out of that team. So it wasn't like full development in 97. It went through a ton of iterations, but the idea that they kept coming back to was a Zelda-like open world that would kind of build on what Nintendo introduced in Ocarina of Time, 
or I guess was working on, because that would have been that, that point in development. It wasn't even out yet. Uh, but you'd be swapping between two characters, Saber, who would later become Fox, and Crystal, uh, would have used the N64 expansion pack and would have probably been the biggest N64 game ever made. Uh, near the end of development, Miyamoto came in and was just like, this is too much like Star Fox, and this should be a Star Fox game. Uh, at the time, it seemed like everybody at Rare was super pissed about this, but I think they were given a lot of rope to kind of integrate Star Fox however they chose, but they just had to integrate it. Um, and it seemed like as they you know, got the time to kind of do what they wanted with this game, as it hit a number of delays, it was supposed to be a launch title on GameCube initially and came out about a year later. Uh, they you know, released the game, and that was when they got bought by Microsoft right around that same time. So this was the last Rare game ever the made game- by did the game actually come out before they were bought by Microsoft? Or I after? think yeah. it was right around the same time. Okay. Like, I think I'm the game sure was, was finished. Like, like I, I, yeah, I want to say, I think, I think it, so it came out September 23rd in North America. I want to say that I think the news of them getting bought by Microsoft, like, came out in, like, the beginning of September. Okay. Like, or at uh, least let's put it this way. The review that's on our site makes reference to this being the last Rare game. So it was pretty clear by the time the game came out that this was this yeah. was it. Okay. Yeah, I wish I had more to say about this, but I, I tried really hard to enjoy it over the last week and a half, and I I don't I didn't even play as much of it as I would like to admit. Like I I would feel like I, I should give this play game more than more than I did to give it a fair shake, but quite frankly, I don't think there's a chance there's a chance in hell like I could play it enough to feel like I deserve to give it more than Animal Crossing. <laughs> It's just it's I, I think it's a game that has potential that's just not very good. Yeah, uh I I think a lot of that was you know, who knows? Like right, <laughs> like whether whether what could this game have been good if if it had never been fooled with? Uh it's it's hard to say. Um but uh what one thing that's kind of a small detail that I thought was kind of funny is uh the the kind of the dinosaur characters I think in the shop. I think there's a, a character in Cameo that struck me as being almost like one-to-one, like dinosaur planning. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's, it's that weird shared DNA, right? Is, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a lot of those rare games all have like a very similar feel to them. And even if they were came from different teams, it was just, you know, like the, all these people in farms making video games. Yeah, farm, but uh, in, you know, I think that farms. might be part of it, though, is... Like, I don't know if this really had the same spark as the other real yeah. games, the same sense of humor or anything. It just, it felt just like the whole game was sort of going through the motions a bit. I mean, that might have been part of the, the, the protracted development period might have caused that. Maybe Nintendo's meddling, because I think before, before Star Fox Adventures, I think Nintendo, for the most part, just kind of let Rare go do their thing. Like, there, it didn't seem like there was a lot of a lot of reports of like you know Miyamoto coming and being like you need to change Banzo Banjo Kazooie to be this like it seemed like it was kind of like rare made games and people in Nintendo would kind of be like all right yeah that's fine maybe give some feedback but nothing no 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 upending tea tables really happened with earlier rare games as far as we can tell yeah i know they had a lot of involvement in helping uh to shape Goldeneye and Killer Instinct yeah but yeah, like a lot of that, the innuendo and things like that. And actually, they were really 
they were fully behind what Rare did with Conquer, right? Like they put the yeah. the bar at E3 and, and all of that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think maybe once they started, yeah, using the Star Fox characters, there was potentially you know more oversight over that. That's actually really surprising to hear. I never really thought about that, but I find it very hard to picture Nintendo wanting Conquer on their system, let alone promoting it. But I suppose it had to have happened. So <laughs> when when your when your system underperforms, you do weird things. Yeah, that's fair. This was the very <laughs> end of the N sixty four, which was some dark times, leading into some more dark times yeah. for them. The games were fun though, except for this one. <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, I, the thing is, you can you can see a good game in there. Like the yeah. the presentation is really good, and I don't mind the combat so much. Now, maybe I didn't play enough of the game to really get to the to how boring it is. The 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 shooting your staff, the little fire shot that you get is terrible. Uh, <laughs> using the analog stick to aim, no, that's it's it's terrible. Um, but no, I just there's there's interesting things in there, but. It's not like Ocarina of Time had just come out. Like they had a template and they just chose to veer from it, I guess. Maybe they just didn't have the skill set to follow that template as closely as maybe they should have. And uh, I guess before I'll, I'll mention uh, one of our reviews from the site from Rick Powers in which he uses the term mixed bag, which fun fact <laughs> that is banned from being used on Nintendo World Report at this point. Uh, I will, I will recap that we are over $3,000 that means uh, we've raised nice. a lot of money for charity, and we have unlocked the 10 o'clock J&J Make That Game Today, James Jones and John Lindemann Spectacular. Uh, we have two segments left to unlock, All Things Prehistorica with Zach Miller and the Shenanigans Midnight Hour segment. Uh, so we are we are 75% on our way to our goal. So, uh, you know, donate, give to kids. It all goes to charity. Um and we only we're only a thousand away from our goal, and then after that we'll have to start coming up with stretch goals. I I suppose. Share on Snapchat and Friendster and all the yeah. social media platforms. <laughs> and Share it, and on you Tumblr. Can, you can still enter a contest. Uh, email Cubivore to contest at nintendoworldreport.com for a chance to win a regular prize this hour and a big prize in the first quarter of the show. Uh, and you can look to see what all those prizes are by going to nintendoworldreport.com. We have, uh, you know, the whole rundown of all the prizes that have been called to give away to you, the listeners, during this show. Uh, there is a plethora. So the funny thing that I'm noticing about Rick Powers' review of Star Fox Adventures is that it is, it appears that it is a very positive review. He gave it a final score of an eight. Um, like most of it is pretty, pretty like, like this is a fun game. But I feel like this is a problem, which is why we got away from having categories in the reviews because like graphics are a nine sounds a 9.5 control is an eight gameplay is a six yet the final Ooh. score is an eight and all of the pros are about like decent voice acting uh, a good ending outstanding graphics superb soundtrack and all the cons are related to what the game plays like where it's you know inconsistent game mechanics pointless combat and tedious gameplay which like i mean it's just that the, the Especially now where the, the the graphical power has kind of just become like, oh, yeah, no, it looks good for 2002. Like, this game does not hold up well for me at all. No. And having not played it, I have no nostalgic value for it. So this was trying to play this game over the last hour was just sort of forcing myself to do something that I knew I wasn't going to enjoy. 
All right, so so now's the the time in Cube Fight where we do like pointless scores for fun, even though it's becoming increasingly more obvious that Animal Crossing is probably win this matchup. <laughs> well, so, let's just let's just make sure we re- reiterate that our scores have nothing to do with the game that we pick to win. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's more of an exercise in futility and fun. Yes. Uh, so for both for both the listeners and and Bloodworth, uh, we'll we'll go over what our three categories are. Uh, Andy, do you want to take that away? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we have three categories. We're scoring from one to ten. Uh, the first category is legacy slash importance. So this would be basically what does this game really mean in the big picture uh, for both GameCube and for Nintendo as a whole? Is there any reason to remember this game uh, now um, more so maybe than even in 2002? Uh, the second category is test of time, which is basically, hey, if you pick up this game today and you play it, how does it hold up? And then the third category is the fun factor, which basically just boils down to, do you have fun playing this game? It's just a catch-all category for uh, your thoughts on the game. So I will, I'll start this off, and uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and do uh, Animal Crossing first. And we'll go ahead and all three of us will give our uh, scores for each of these categories individually. So starting with Animal Crossing, um, Legacy and Importance. So this is the first Animal Crossing game out of, I believe, four, not including the dumb board game. Uh, that we've gotten uh, since then. And I do believe that the legacy of this game is that it established a pattern that they have not deviated from really. Um, I would say half of New Leaf exists, at least half exists in Animal Crossing 2002. It is a core franchise for Nintendo. It began here. Um, legacy and importance for Animal Crossing, I'm going to have to give a, a, I'll give it a nine out of 10. Neil? I'm probably going to be even more glowing about it because this did animal crossing started off a really successful and important franchise for Nintendo. Like it's, it's does very well in Japan. Uh, new leaf was a success worldwide pretty much. And it's a series that like they have spinoffs, they have mobile games or a mobile game on the way. They have an amiibo line that might've bombed, but they had an amiibo line based solely on this series. I, I think as far as like, I mean, people talk about how Pikmin was like the last new thing that Nintendo made. And I guess Animal Crossing technically did come before Pikmin in Japan. But I think that Animal Crossing might be one of the most important new franchises that Nintendo has made since 2000. Um, I I would give this for legacy importance. I'm giving it a 10. I can't argue with that. Uh, Yeah, I agree with a lot of what you guys have said. I think, uh, again, it's, uh, it's a very... Again, it's very different from anything Nintendo had done uh, prior to that. Uh, the idea that you don't even beat the game. I, I put in my review, like, it doesn't end until 2032, because that's what the, the calendar <laughs> runs oh, still, We'd only be halfway <laughs> through our Animal Crossing experience right now. Um, and, and yeah, so it, it set up this, this template for a, a very different type of game, uh, which I don't think is even, you know... I haven't seen a lot of things to compare it to. You know, maybe The Sims is the closest thing, but that gets into so much micromanaging, whereas Animal Crossing really does just let you get into whatever part that you want to. And if the longer-term goals don't interest you, then you don't you don't go for them, really. You do something else. Uh, so, yeah, and I, I think, you know, even though it may not be as recognizable, uh, to the general public, uh, I, I think it, it's 
it's had a significant impact and it's something that will continue to be popular on Nintendo systems. So I'll give the legacy a nine. Excellent score. Uh, so next we go on to the test of time, which is if you pick up this game today, how does it feel? How does it play? Does it hold up to today's standards? Um, I did play about eh, maybe an hour of Animal Crossing after the tutorial. I wrote some letters. I advertised a sale on butts at Nook. Uh, there was a butt sale at Nook. I put it on the main, the main uh, uh, sound <laughs> sign in the middle of town. Um, yeah, I think this game holds up just fine. I think there are some weird, there are some weird control things on the GameCube controller, like having to use the weird analog shoulder buttons to do like paging is is weird. Um, not being able to stack fruit feels a bit archaic, but, uh, for the most part, this game controls very well. I think it, I, I have no problem giving this game, what, an eight? Let's go with eight. That, that seems fair. I think the test of time, I think that while this game did, did have an important legacy, uh, I think that it, it's a little rough around the edges compared to the later games. It's still a very good game and... If, if I could ever recreate that experience of having four people on one memory card in one town on one GameCube, uh, I would love to do that. But I, like, I don't really see much reason to revisit this game other than for the purposes of this feature. I'd rather just play a more recent Animal Crossing game. So I will give it a seven for Test of Time. Yeah, I, I think it, it's interesting when you consider that it's it's a game that's sort of replaceable. <laughs> once, once the uh, you know the the newer versions come out, most of the things uh, that you you want to love about Animal Crossing, uh, you want to play in Animal Crossing, uh, you you can get pretty much all of that in a newer version. Uh, but I think if you just kind of took this like as an isolated, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to play this Animal Crossing. Uh, there there'll be some some control hindrances of course and, and some things would be you know like the the typing and a lot of the inventory things that would get on your nerves uh but i think after you know a, a bit once you get into the game they would they would fade to the background almost as much as they did back then uh so i would say yeah probably i would probably save it the, a seven as well on test of time all right now we're moving on to the fun factor. Uh, how, how fun is this game? What is It's just a, sort of a catch-all wild card category. Uh, I think Animal Crossing is still a lot of fun. Um, I didn't think I would play it for an hour. I figured I'd play it for 10 minutes and, and be done with it. But I felt compelled to keep going. I wanted to talk to the, to the people in the town. I wanted to mail letters to people, uh, dig up some fossils. Um, you know, even even a game that I thought I would play for 15 minutes, I ended up playing for a little bit longer than that. So, um, I think fun factor for Animal Crossing. Uh, I I'll stick with an eight on this one. And I think I'm right there with you. I think I'd also give it an eight. I think it's very fun, even if it if it doesn't hold up as well. It's still a really fun game, and I know that whenever a new Animal Crossing game comes out, or maybe maybe you and I, Andy, will restart New Leaf very soon. I know that Yay. I'll play it. Like that's I'm, where I'm, I'm at right now. And I'm down. That comes from this GameCube game. Um, yeah, I, I'll, I'll stick with an eight as well. Uh, I'm having a little, little difficulty, uh, sussing out the differences between fun factor and test of time, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we've uh, run into that a few times. Yeah. <laughs> These aren't the most well thought out categories. Uh, uh, moving on to star Fox adventures, um, legacy and importance. <laughs> well, this is the last, the last rare game. That's, that's important. Um, it is the only star Fox game that ever tried to be anything other than, 
Star Fox game, I guess you could say. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's probably its legacy is that it's Rare's last game, and given that Rare hasn't exactly proven to be a, um, a home run purchase for Microsoft, I don't even know exactly how important that is. I uh, six. I'll go a little higher than that, but not much. Um, I, I think that it's I think that it's a little more important than what you said. I will give this a seven out of ten. Um, man, I feel like in the the long run scheme of things, Star Fox Adventures is pretty forgettable. Yeah, it is. Uh, I, I really it, like it's it's not what anyone wants out of a Star Fox game. It's not a great Zelda clone, for lack of a better term. Um, yeah, I honestly, I think I would. Uh, it, it was it was a very pretty game, and it and it has that spot in Rare's history. But really, I think. Overall legacy, I, I'm going to go pretty low. I'm going to go with a three. Damn. All right. Test of time for Star Fox Adventures. Well, I can tell you very clearly that this game does not <laughs> hold up very well. Um, <laughs> I yeah, I'm trying to figure out if I should go lower than a five on this, but I, and honestly, like this for this is a game that for me, test of time and fun, and fun factor will be the same because I literally have no nostalgic tie to this. I have no reason to separate how much I enjoy it versus how much I enjoyed it last week. Um, you know, so for, for the sake of time, let's do test of time and a uh, fun factor at the same time. Yeah, that's fine with me. Cause we're getting low on time. Um, four on both. I think test of time. Uh, I'm going to give it a three for test of time, but I will give it a, five for fun factor because i i did kind of enjoy this game back in the day i just don't enjoy it much anymore um yeah i'm just gonna stick with a, a five for for both for one i haven't i didn't get a chance to go back and, and play any of it so I, I can't really say how i feel about it now versus then you uh, made the right all, choice it's all memory <laughs> uh yeah i think it's a game that yeah you you could you could get through and you could have some you know probably mild enjoyment with but you're more likely going to be sort of pushing yourself to get through. Uh, but it's also not so frustrating or, or you know, it's it's not going to make you angry for playing it most of the time. Yeah. Okay, so now comes the time where we count down from three and then say the name of the game that we think won. Uh, so on the count... On zero, go ahead and uh, and we'll just, we'll just all Crossing. say Animal Crossing. <laughs> <laughs> three, two, one... Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing. There it is. So that means Animal Crossing will move on to the, the second round of 2002 games that it will be faced off against Eternal Darkness, Super Mario Sunshine, and the winner of Mario Party 4 and Cubivore, as well as Metroid Prime. 2002 was a, a beast. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Like, I mean, well, okay. So Andy and I still have some things to sort out, and... When we do get to the end of the year, then we open up the vote to to patrons and the like. But Dan, from your perspective, out of Eternal Darkness, Super Mario Sunshine, Animal Crossing, Mario Party Four, Cubivore, and Metroid Prime, who what would be your pick for being the best GameCube game of two thousand two? Oh my gosh! <laughs> um, I think I'd go with Metroid Prime, but it's not as easy as you would think, huh? Yeah, because I think Sunshine <laughs> and Animal Crossing are right there next to it. Even Cubivore is really, really good. Yeah, you know, I haven't, uh, I've never actually played Cubivore in English, and I still regret it now that it costs so much. 
Yeah, I, had, I think that I, had... I think that Prime benefits from being probably the best Metroid Prime game, whereas Animal Crossing is not the best Animal Crossing game. Yeah. So in hindsight, I think that that makes it a little easier to vote Metroid Prime in almost in almost any situation. Yeah, definitely. So if you have not emailed the contest at Nintendo Report email uh, with Cubivore. Uh, for your chance to win a prize this hour, which is almost done, and a big prize in the first quarter of the show, uh, you can still do that. We're at $3,000, 75% of the way to our goal. We'll be rocking this until at the latest, or, or I guess at the earliest, 11 o'clock at night. So we've got a lot more show to go through. I guess as we're wrapping up, uh, Dan, tell us all about Easy Allies. Yeah, so uh, Easy Allies, uh, we're we're basically uh, we're we're a bunch of uh, game trailers refugees. <laughs> uh, I worked uh, started at Game Trailers in 2007, uh, which is basically yeah why why I left Nintendo World Report. Uh, I did some stuff at G4 before that, but I was able to do some NWR stuff NWR stuff on the side uh, at that same time, and that was really just kind of a temporary job. Uh, but yeah, so uh, in uh, the beginning of the year, uh, Game Trailers was shut down, and uh, I was on my honeymoon. Uh, so <laughs> when I got back, uh, we kind of regrouped, and we decided let's you know let's try the Patreon thing. Let's see if uh, we can get some funding to do some videos part time, and uh, we got enough to uh, to basically be be doing just about everything we want to do. Um, so uh, we're. We're, we're on Patreon, we're on uh, YouTube, we, we uh, are on Twitch all the time. And uh, yeah, we're making all kinds of different videos about video games. Uh, we do reviews, uh, we do podcasts, but then we also have some of the, the lighter side of things. Um, Ian Hink has a show called Easy Update that Which is you wonderful. never know what to expect. <laughs> uh, and uh, one, one week we'll just be playing a game together, the next week we'll be dancing in the park. So... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it can it can get really fun and out there, and uh, there's a lot of different things that we do. Yeah, I know Andy and I are both uh, we are both patrons. Um, yeah, thank you for that. Yeah, no, you guys you guys are doing the in some of my favorite gaming content out there. Absolutely, so, I you know, I had only really kind of come across the game trailers archive maybe January of this year. I had just kind of been blissfully unaware of it, and then in January of this year, I I kind of stumbled across um, Final Bossman. And I kind of put the pieces together. Oh, that's where Bloodworth went to. I know who that is. Uh, <laughs> and I started mainlining game trailers content on YouTube. And then like two and a half weeks later, you guys got shut down and I was kind of devastated. Uh, so I was really happy to support you guys when you launched Easy Allies. So you guys keep doing great work over there. It's, uh, it's fun to watch. Yeah. Thanks. Um, I guess we are now we are now moments away. I guess we need to look for, for Jonathan Metz. Um, who is Jonathan Metz? I know that guy. To do Austin Mates play Super Mario 64 for the first time. Hey Neil, I'm um, working on getting them on right now. So okay, perfect. Um, we, may, we may have to stall for a minute or two. That is fine. I will go over the charity total so far. Uh, we have three thousand dollars raised for charity, seventy five percent of our goal. We are five hundred dollars away from all things prehistorica, which would be at eleven o'clock at night. And then we are $1,000 away from our goal, which would get us to shenanigans at midnight. In case you want a little preview of what's to come, uh, we will have Jonathan Metz and Austin and his Austin, Texas friends talking about Super Mario 64, the 2 o'clock hour. 
Don Koopman will be talking about terrible eShop games at 3 o'clock. Uh, we got a Radio Trivia Live segment at 4 o'clock. Nintendo nice. News Report is doing a final Pokemon Sun and Moon preview spectacular at 5. Uh, Seren McNulty is doing a Pitch Your Game Hour at 6 o'clock. There's an hour with the Famicast with John and JJ from 84 Play at 7 o'clock. I will be back on at 8 o'clock to do a Super Mario RPG retrospective, which I'm very excited for. 9 o'clock is NFR determines Nintendo's greatest RPG system with RP Gamer, which should be a glorious debacle, especially if someone really argues hard for the N64, like I've been told is going to happen. <laughs> and then and then 10 o'clock is J&J Make That Game Today with James Jones and John Lindemann, which will be even worse than the segment before, I'm sure. It's not planned yet, so it'll be good. <laughs> All right, so here it is. I'm going to be bringing in the Austin Mates crew right now. I am I am adding them to this fine radio setup that I have got rigged across my lap, so. <laughs> I think you should be able to get after the first start. Hey, you're on the air, so probably don't hey, say I'm anything sure. that's going to get you in trouble. Hi, Johnny. Castle that I think we can get to. I am like open to all suggestions. <laughs> I don't think they're listening to us. Playing yeah. the game is this is more hey, of an up, obs- observe them play hey, for an hour. Hey, Johnny. Can everyone hear us all right? Well, we were due one of these, and I thought it would be John Lindemann not showing up for his own segment, but instead, <laughs> at least that was quiet. Can you guys can hear us? We can hear you. Can you hear oh, us? Excellent. Okay. Yeah, we can now. How's the music sound to you? I can, I can hear it. It's kind of washed out. That's fine. I think that's good. Turn up just a little bit. Whoops. Gabe, are you capturing It sounds like audio? somebody is murdering that pan flute. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds right. Let's see, let me make sure okay, is that on. better? I don't want to get sure. too loud with the audio. Yeah. Okay, there you go. We're mic'd up, right? Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah, you want to speak up? Yeah, I was gonna say this. Cool. Kinda... Live radio, everybody. <laughs> it's hard to talk over. Let's do this. All right, are, are, James, are we live? Or are we on the stream? You, oh, you are super live right now. Excellent. Okay. Awesome. Yay. What's up, everybody? Uh, we are the Austin Mates. Uh, we have been so kindly asked to uh, to be here and participate in this uh, this awesome event that NWR does for uh, Child's Play every year. Uh, I am Gabriel Dover. Uh, I'm joined by Garrett Beckner. Hello. Jessica Martin. Hi, hi, hi. And uh, <laughs> former Radio Free Nintendo host Johnny Metz. Hey, hey, everybody. Oh, my God, this controller. So what we decided to do today was something uh, we, we oh. hope you'll all enjoy. We're going to play Super Mario 64 with uh, Jessica and Garrett for just the first time in a very long time. She doesn't really <laughs> remember much of it. And Garrett for the very first time. So we kind of just want to talk about what this game is, what it's meant to us, what it's meant to gaming. And just show you guys a little bit of it. We're going to start from the very beginning, so you know, forgive us if we don't get too far. We've only got an hour to go here, but uh, it should be fun. Um, also, if you're listening on the uh, the telethon, you can also follow the stream at uh, twitch.tv slash austinmates. And uh, James, if you're there, if there's anywhere else that this is being streamed, just let me know and we can, we can shout that out as well. So here we are. Um, press A to jump, B to attack, 
Okay, got it. <laughs> so I'm going to be watching the uh, chat, by the way. So I'll, I'll yeah. ask long questions and comments, and we'll try to we'll try to interact with you. I don't think we're going to do live calls. It's a little too complicated. For yeah. we've already got a, the most complicated setup of the day, probably, <laughs> because we're we are streaming the the gameplay of this on Twitch. Wait, change the camera angle. And, uh, I'll I'll be sending out the uh, Twitch channel. Uh, I'll, the Twitch link, I'm going to put it in the chat for the telephone so people can get over to it. Uh, what I would recommend is um, our our audio should be going through both the telethon stream and the Twitch stream. So I would recommend that you mute one or the other if you're going to watch on Twitch. Um, Actually, for some reason, it seems like we're not getting it on the Twitch stream. Yeah, that could be an Elgato thing, Gabe. So maybe you can fiddle with it a little bit. I believe we just went dead air. Hi, everybody. Technical difficulties. I'm working with the Austin Mates team to get that back. It's a work in progress. Oh, their call's gone. Okay, well then, we're going to have to uh, give me a minute to get them back online. However, I'm going to go ahead and read out the contest for this hour. So remember, you can send the keyword to contest at NintendoWorldReport.com for your chance to win the regular prize for this hour and the big prize for the first quarter of the show. This week, hours, keyword is cake. Email that in to contest at NintendoWorldReport.com for a chance to enter. And in the meantime, oh, I think they're gone. Um, well then, one second. audio in the stream hey we're back <laughs> hi guys and we're back. So Yay. we have lost the stream uh it's just kind of crapped out on us so that's fun um i am working on getting that back uh give me one moment while we reset some hardware yeah it's a work in progress <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Do you want me to continue playing this game? Oh, yes, you're not going to be able to. Oh, ha ha. <laughs> oh, because the Elgato. Did you have to reboot the Elgato? <gasps> yeah, well, I had to reboot the software, yeah. Cool. Okay. All right. All right. So, so, wait, I can talk to these guys? Yeah. Okay. See, I don't remember anything. Oh, no. You have to get pretty close. Okay. <gasps> okay. All right. Cross the bridge and go up the path. Got it. Cross the bridge. What's that? Oh, they just signs. They're just like, hey, oh, things you can do yeah. with the two buttons. So like, you can, can you, you can jump, jump on? on oh no, or I can jump into lava. No, That's, it's just a, okay. Just I was about to say like, it, it looks like lava. lava. So can, you can jump on the goombas, or you can also uh, punch and kick them. Okay. Um, it's. I think they added punching and kicking in this one because it is hard to jump on things in 3D space. Yeah, yeah it is like kind of easier in the later oh. games. So you can, yeah, you can throw them together. Oh. Yeah. Okay, though, like not having camera. That's your look around mode. Yeah. 
So you do have oh, camera control, shit. but the game will kind of take over very often. Yeah. So like sometimes you can adjust the camera and sometimes you can't. And it's right. hard to tell when you can and when you can't. So you it does you will feel like you're fighting it pretty often. It's I already feel like I'm fighting it. I mean like not okay, so that's obviously like off limits. You'll have to defeat the, the chain chomper guy. Which you could do right now, but I don't know if I want to tell ah! you. <laughs> It's probably better that you try to go up the path because that's that's intended to be the, the ah, first uh, no. first star that you get. <laughs> so okay, I would head right. All right. And go through that gate. Go through the fence. This is like super open world Mario. It is. Got yeah. it. One of the first open world games, especially in 3D. Okay, I can't go up here. Oh yeah, yeah. Go through. To brave the cannonballs. I'm good at dodging things, apparently. Um, that's cool. So Whoa! Your goal is to get to the top of the mountain here. And you might get knocked off. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I want to make sure Gary gets in on this. You're not likely to die, but if you do start taking damage, one of the cool things in this Mario is that you can Next. you can collect coins to refill your health. So oh, it's okay. pretty easy to so he doesn't shrink like in 2D Mario. He doesn't right. be small or anything. You can either jump across there or walk away. Ah. That cannon, by the way, was the thing shooting water balloons at. I mean, oh, cool. I never had a Nintendo 64. It was the only Nintendo system that, just that I skipped. Oh, okay. I was like, does it go? No! <laughs> and that's nothing. This is just nothing. Um, there's a secret in there, but don't worry about it. Yeah. I don't have time to worry about your secrets. <laughs> oh, God. No. All right. <laughs> it looks like the stream is pretty far. I'm going to refresh it. Maybe it's not as far behind as it looks. I also fell down. <laughs> Just no, I mean, it was it. showing you outside the castle. Oh, that's not cool. Oh, you um, know what? This may be a clip. Gabe, are you sure we're live right now? I'm gonna try and walk. No, no. to me that it's only showing a clip. He definitely is a little like, I don't know. I'm so used to controls now that it's like, oh, it's a little mushy. Yeah. You know, but it, I mean, I remember dealing with mushy controls. Oh, hey. Who's this clown? The boss. <laughs> He's the boss. I was like, can I just walk behind him and like. Uh, Here I challenge you, Mario. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, somebody should be doing the voiceover. <laughs> Can you pick me up from the back and hurl me to the royal turf? From the back, I, uh, I think that I've played. Oh yeah, definitely. Oh hey, that's the butt. That's what I was trying to do, but butt punches or you jump on So actually, you want to kind of walk up to him rather than run. Right. And if you push the button when you're close, you should pick him up. Yep. Throw him off the top. That's right. Yeah, you can carry him over to the edge and throw him over. How long do I have to do that? You're probably close enough there. I don't really remember for sure. Oh no. No, you did it. You did it. Just do it again. Where is he? It's a Mario game, so you have to do it three times. All right, yeah, got it. Where did he go? <laughs> he back up. Oh, he jumped hey, back guys, up. Good. There we go. Okay, oh, yeah, right. it sounds like it's working. And Gabe, Yay. can you keep the Skype? Can you try to keep an eye on the Skype over there? 
Yeah. Because if, if James needs to communicate any any issues. Yeah, I know. I've had it open. Okay. So I'm just basically going to fall down this mountain 45 times. Sorry, so guys. it does remember that you that you did it once. Right. Okay, so it won't cool. reset. Yeah. This is definitely, I would say, so Gabe and I were, were testing this game the other yeah. night um, to get ready. And <laughs> we both agreed this is this is a pretty tough game. It's, it's harder than I remembered, honestly, playing, playing it again. Um, and I think this first Power Star is one of the hardest in the whole game. Really? Well, it's weird because it's like, I think that we are really spoiled by current uh, control schemes and stuff because I'm just finding it hard to stay up. <laughs> oh, nothing, dude, it's hard. Because we're, we're hearing ourselves. Yeah. Oh, I just got smashed. Did you die? I threw him off, and now I gotta go back and throw him off again. Like, oh, oh my god, I can't believe I have to start this ever. Alright. <laughs> so I'm finally getting into the chat to face the link. Whoa, that was pretty cool. Now he's after boy. So we're getting monitoring for somewhere and I don't know where. Gabe, it could be um it could be the Elgato, it's like reproducing our earth. No, it's not that. Um, can you can you still hear it? No. No, it looks like you you caught it. Okay. Let's try this we'll again. Uh, the Elgato has like numerous uh, monitoring functions. It's really strange. Mm. It looks like the Twitch is working well. That's good. Yeah. Um, I mean, off and on, but yeah, looks like it's it's doing it. Um, some people are watching the Twitch. Yay! And I'm and sorry, our, guys. Our I mean, the main thing is the telephone audio because that's you know that is the main show. The Twitch is kind of a bonus. Yeah. Um, okay. But yeah, we should probably, we should, the we should narrate so, this a little bit. See, when so. I tried to jump over that earlier though, like you'll see. Yeah, that, no, no, it's that. You yeah. can laugh now, no, but no, I can't. No, that's, that's t it's tough. Like that It's harder than it looks. So all of this stuff is harder than it looks. Yes. This is not an easy game. So just, I would say your two best bets there are, you can try to swivel the camera around to see That's when the, the camera problem, is though, coming. Like, I, this camera... It's tough, yeah. Sometimes so, it doesn't want to swing out where you want it to. So the other thing is, the plank is probably easier. You just have to take it slow. That's what I was trying to do. Oh, hey! And, uh, don't blame me for your problems. The, the, the trick there is, um, yeah, use the analog stick and just lightly push it, and you'll walk slowly. You can also crawl if you hold down the Z trigger on the below. What? Crawl, and that's really safe. So if you're, okay. if you're in a really precarious place, that's the surefire way to get across, because he'll just kind of scooch his butt Wait. across it really you slowly. Can, you can also tap the Z trigger and jump at the same time to do a long jump. So oh, if you're yeah. in a hurry... That's an advanced move, Gabe. I, I don't know if we're going to get to that It's really unnecessary here. for this. Okay. So, so we're back up here. All right. So, Jess, you're finally back up to the top. <laughs> Yay. Um, it took me like a good jillion yeah. years. And he'll be like, ah, you're back. Yeah. 
No, he's probably going to give the spiel again. Yeah, because I died. Yeah, but I don't think it resets. Maybe it does. It does. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, that's okay. You can get it. He, just don't let him catch you. That's the main thing, because he'll throw you too. Um, but yeah, he's slow. You just you want to kind of face him directly behind. Like that? Nice, yeah. And now... Just take your time, walk on over. Yeah, and don't follow him over. <laughs> you got it. Okay, now I want to fix this so camera. If you push down on the C down button, it'll pull oh. back out. Uh, no, it's not. The, That's oh, you know what? Maybe you're supposed to throw him so he lands on the platform. Is that it? It's honestly been so long, I don't on remember. But yeah, platform? that may be just on the green. Like, instead of throwing oh. him, just throw him so his, he bounces on the on the green part. I'm hitting. I didn't actually play through this star on the other night when we were practicing. <laughs> I wanted to run that, run around the castle a lot. I haven't played this uh, game in ages. Yeah. There you go. So just toss yeah. him? Yeah, just throw him. And you oh, go. Wow. Okay. Well. I totally forgot that part. <laughs> you must fight with honor. That's what we're being told in, in the show. So you got to stop like... and let him start moving forward, and then he'll, he won't turn as fast. That, for whatever reason, reduces his turn radius. So, Jess, if this makes you feel better, uh, Pango Radio says, It's easy to remember only how good you got. I know I was just as bad at first. That N64 <laughs> is an odd one to learn. The N64 controller Sweet. is an odd one to learn. And it yeah. is. I'm yeah. looking forward to that. I've literally never played it in I oh, borrowed. I'm excited for you to I've never even touched the minute. controller. Yeah. I borrowed. It's a weird little controller. <laughs> Gabriel's for a couple of weeks when he got his and uh oh nice done uh cool if i want to see you again why would i want to see this dude again for secrets and stuff you know what believe it or not you do you just miss it and you want to play these stars again yeah i'm sure yeah so one of the cool things about cool. Mario is every time you go in the level, it'll let you choose which star you want to do, and the level will kind of be set up differently for different stars. Got different it. characters will appear to challenge you, or things will be rearranged slightly. Um, but there are a lot of stars, like the one with the chain chop, that are just there, and you can get you could you can get them whenever if you know how to do it, if you can do it. You can grab those whenever you feel like it. Yeah, a lot of this game can be done out of order. So some of them are kind of scenario-based, where it has to be set up for you to do what it. What about, like... Some of them are just there. This one. You don't have three stars yet? I there only some, have one. There are definitely a couple doors here that you only need one star. So, uh, just go upstairs. Okay. Uh, the stairs in the middle of the room. <laughs> so... Jess, you're in like the real close-up. Yeah, I'm trying to I would, out of it. Yeah, I would pull it out a little bit. Down on the uh, seat yeah. pad. On the what? Yeah, the seat down. Oh, that is. Oh, it won't let you for some it's reason. It's not letting That's me. That's extremely weird. I thought I, I hit that. I don't know why it's. Just use the right analog stick. Oh wait. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's that's okay. the problem. The I'm fact having. that this controller had one analog stick was revolutionary. Okay, well, oh, yeah, absolutely. Everything would have been crazy. So go to the right. We can we can thank Sony for for the idea for putting two joysticks on the controller. So you've got uh, one star, so you can get in this door. Go check out this room. It slowly opens. Very fast. <laughs> oh, this is a fun room. Uh, yeah. Okay. 
Check it out. The camera angles are interesting. As in not letting me... Hey! Oh, hey. Cool. Alright. There we go. What is that? So you can do a ground pound while you're in How the air. How do I do that? Press the Z button. The trigger on the back. That's not it. The trigger on the back. Yeah. On the back of the, the middle. Me. On the, on the back of the Oh, right thing. there. So if you if you put your left hand on the center yeah. stick, that's really how it's it's supposed to be held. Oh. It's a lot easier. There we go. Ah. So yeah. Things just suddenly made way more sense. And you're sliding. Yay. This ah. is a really fun. Oh no 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 no. <laughs> So there are actually some areas where you do want to jump off that. A lot of people have gotten really good at I've seen speed runs done mm -hmm. where, yes. You can cheat this track quite a bit. So this, this uh, level <laughs> is a bit of a proof of concept for Mario Kart, actually. Uh, if you've ever played uh, like Rainbow Road on Mario Kart 64, it's, it looks a lot like the slide levels in, in this game. Oh my gosh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just go to the side, it's all good. <laughs> The camera controls right. you get used to. <laughs> yeah. I won't I won't say they get better, but you get used to them. Yeah, it, this game is such a proof of concept for so many things. So this is one of the first times a game really had like camera. direct camera control. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, the idea of even controlling a camera for Mario is not a, not three? really a thing, you know. Yeah, that one needs three. So I think the one on the far right that one, one you can go in right there. This yes. one. Yeah, that's a one star. Got it. And I don't remember which. And you hang on to stars. Yeah. They don't like they, go away. No, no you just you just collect them and they yeah. they stay with you throughout the game. Yeah. So you'll hit stuff that requires like thirty and forty stars to open later on. Uh, okay. We trick is saying you would totally play a Super Mario 64 sliders game for iOS. <laughs> yes. That would be cool. I, w I would too. You could tilt control a yeah, yeah. sliding game for sure. Oh god, don't know. No. Oh, this is a fun level. What's wrong? Let me tap the left and the right on the the screen. I don't want slide control or tilt controls on. No. <laughs> okay, wait. See. Okay, wait. Camera, camera. Got it. Yeah, it's just a little little extra camera control tips. So this level is so beloved and so much fun that they recreated it in Mario this? Galaxy 2. Was that right, Gabe? Uh, yeah, it was 2. I want to say it was Mario Galaxy 2. Um, and so there is a modern version of this game with, like, all, not quite HD graphics, but, you know, like, really nice Wii graphics. It was HD, wasn't And it's it? the same... Like no, it was it was Wii, not Wii U. Yeah, yeah, that's for Wii, so it's not oh, it's not HD. It. <laughs> yeah, no, it's every, I promise you, every single person who's played this game has done exactly that. <laughs> every every single person watching this stream sure. has probably played this game and done the same thing. This is probably the first time I've ever played like this level because I think when I borrowed Gabriel's. In 64, I just ran around and was like, oh my gosh, look how pretty it is. <laughs> this, I think, was the level that I saw um, when when I found the N64 on sale. So one of the weird things about, about that system... <laughs> Wait, that, that was uncool. <laughs> Nintendo sent the, sent the system out. They shipped it out to retailers about a week early. Yeah. And 
then they moved the release date up a couple days, like within the last week before it came out. They changed the release date and made it earlier. Yeah. And then because they did that, a lot of retailers started selling it even earlier, like because they already had it in stock. And they're like, well, clearly they don't know when they want us to sell this. This was back before like big launches, like console launches, weren't really a thing back in 1996. So um, this is kind of uncharted territory. So anyway, I knew what day the system was supposed to come out, but I happened to be um, in Birmingham at the Galleria with my mom and my sister, and we were there to buy something. This would have been like September um, back in 96, and we were there for something else, and I just was in... uh, it was an electronics boutique. In the oh Galleria. my god, electronics boutique! Yeah. And I walked in there because I always went to the game store to check out, you know, whatever was going on there. Can and I they had you? an N64 demo. Mm, no, you can stomp on his head though. That was the first time I'd seen one in person, and I was watching wow. someone play it, and like almost with tears in my eyes. Like I was so excited and overwhelmed by the experience of even just seeing it in person. And I got to pick it up and play it for a minute, and I was like, I was freaking out. <laughs> and um, and and I said um, and I said um, so when can I when can happen. I buy this? And he said, well, we've got one left in stock. And I was like, you're selling it now? He said, he said, yeah, we've got one left. I said, can you please hold it for me? He said, okay, I can reserve it for like oh, 15 minutes, maybe. And I ran and found, I like, I ran all over the gallery to find my mom. And I said, Mom, I need you to come with me to the store right now. And, oh, my uh, gosh. And I had the money saved up for it. No! So, but she, but she had, like, access to my, you know, like, my account and whatever. Yeah, sure. So, uh, so she ran back with me, and we bought it. And in the car on the way back, my sister said, said, I bet you $10 or some, she bet me something that I couldn't, leave it unopened for the ride home. It's like, it like over an hour to yeah. get home. And I was like, nope, I'm not even taking your bet. I don't care. I'm going to read this manual. And so I read the, you know, I read oh, no. the Mario 64 game manual on the ride home. Nice. Oh, they're back. Uh-huh. That is- so you can, yeah, you can go either way here. You can try to sneak along and get the red coin, but then you might wake yeah. up the, the piranha plant. Okay. I think the first time I played this was the very next weekend. Because you brought your system over to Matt. No. Yeah, that sounds right. We uh, we all get to play this. I think because I think Josh's brother or Josh's uh, friend Bart was there with mm-hmm. his PlayStation at the same time. So I got to try both for the first time in a single weekend. <laughs> See, I skipped the Nintendo 64 and went to the PlayStation. Same here. Um, and I'm not really sure why. Like I don't really. Oh, Final Fantasy Seven. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I bought a PlayStation um, the day that Final Fantasy VII came out, so I had N64 first, um, and about a year later, you can jump on top of him. Actually, it doesn't I was seem trying like trying to, but in the 2D games you can't jump on the promise, but in, in 64 you can. Uh, yeah, this is no doubt. This is a tough level, but it's it's very iconic. And it's it's shaped a lot like the first one. It's kind of like a it's like a mountain fortress that you have to climb. A lot of the yeah, levels in this is... game have this kind of structure. 
Okay, I cannot yet. Yeah, maybe we should pass over to Garrett. Because it's close to Would half you pass. like to oh, yeah. try this? Yeah, sir? Well, let's get to the hard part. You, yeah. might, you might want to choose scared. a different level, Garrett. <laughs> no, it's fine. I'll figure it out. So, uh, D. Bloodworth, too, says in the Twitch chat uh, he totally ripped it open in the car, looked at the weird new cartridges and everything. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, same thing. <laughs> it's it's that yeah, feeling when you yeah. get a new console, like you can't wait to get it open, right? Absolutely. I do that to this day. I'm just sad we don't have instruction manuals anymore. Um, but then I mean, I'm the one driving myself home. Nintendo so. does still make full color, really nice uh, manuals. They're one of the only companies. But I, I don't get the them. only company. Yeah, I don't get them anymore because I download my stuff. So, I mean, they do include them, like you can read them on your gamepad right. or whatever. But I never do. Garrett so, is like turning it over his yeah. hands. <laughs> like, what is this like, thing I'm holding? What's going on? <laughs> um, you so kids actually, in your newfangled video games. Actually, Garrett, I could give you a tip if you wanted to uh, to see something new in this level. Take all of his tips, dude. Ha! Sucker. Oh, I'm, I'm taking tips, all right. Yeah, you, those blocks are, like, curved on the top, so if you stand on it, you'll probably slide off, okay. which is, is really evil the way they did that. Yeah. If you stand in the center of the top there, you can actually climb on the first one and climb up to your left I saw Jess do yeah, that. There's, there's a lot of... So, all right, where's my secret? Um, Gabe, isn't it the teleport is under that tree, isn't it? I think it's... Uh, if you stand under the tree for a second... Maybe it might be in the tree agar. I, I think it's in the, uh, the like the ring of flowers. Yeah, right? there's some flower patches <laughs> sure. around around the side that it might be. Also, if you climb all the way up to the top of the trees, now tap up on the stick. Yeah. yeah. If, you <laughs> if you jump off, he'll do like a flip. Yeah. Wait, hold on. This is so you so can run. Cute. You can run circles around the uh, the little flower patches. Sometimes there are like hidden rings there. Yeah, there's just tons of little fun secrets, and a lot of them are not very important, but it's just it's in, it's to encourage you to just play around and try things, yeah. you know, and explore all the little details. So yeah, I want to say those flower patches down there at the bottom of the beginning of the level, one of them has a teleport. If you stand in the middle for and you just wait a second, it'll teleport you way up high on the on the mountain. How do I do the high jump? jump no... Just jump twice in a row. Yeah, you have to kind of time it. Like, as soon as you hit the ground, tap it again. Yeah, yeah, his voice will be different. There you go. There you go. There you go. That's odd. There's actually a third jump as well, if you time it right. Your third, your second jump is higher. Your third jump actually does a somersault. And it's actually required that you master that later in the game to get to See? certain secret areas. That's yeah. what I was this trying is... to do, too. I got him the first time. This is impossible. <laughs> This is, this is borderline not fun. Yeah. <laughs> this game, no, it actually is fun. Yeah, it's it's tough to ask you to, to play this for the first time when we're kind of on a time crunch. <laughs> well, I love, the, I love the lullaby music. Oh, he's crawling. Um, it's adorable. Run to the center. <gasps> no! <laughs> oh, there's this. You can go down the ramp here, Garrett. There's some stuff down there, too. Down here? Mm hmm. Yep. That's a new area that you haven't been to. So this will actually open up something new for you, I believe. Or maybe you have to get a certain star first. I can't remember. That's How do you pick stuff up? Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah you can throw it at the wall. I think it has coins in it. 
Uh, James says the name of the level in Super Mario Galaxy is Throwback Galaxy. Yeah, Throwback. Yeah, and it's it's just a modern remake of this level, but like it's all the same features. The secrets are in the same places. It's, yeah. it's just way pretty. You, you know? can't go up. Yeah. It's really cool. It's it like, does also control yeah. infinitely better. Oh, absolutely, yeah. It's It, it feels way better to control. Well, <laughs> I think it's only fair that we did this with the original the machine and the mm-hmm. original controller. Yeah, and I'm like... Yeah, we were way more like resilient kids. <laughs> well, I think it's, it's, it's really worth noting that like... You guys were playing this way out of oh, time. It was it. it was so amazing to play this game for the first time when it released. There was nothing like it. I mean, it was just you can't just jump and land. It's a little easier that way. I just but this yeah. this it controller looks, does not hold up. Like it's not easy to use anymore. It looks it's just, good though. It's, this game looks awesome. Like this know. does yeah, make me feel really happy that I bought a PlayStation. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. So, Garrett, you want to run to run the, the middle? middle? Run to the middle. Yeah, oh, that oh comes, nice! That's the oh, hard shit. way to do it, but yeah. So these thwomps, if you stand in front of them, they'll uh, they'll start to shake and eventually mm-hmm. fall over on you. If you run around or jump up while they're, they're falling, yeah. you can stomp on their backs and kill them. Okay. Or I'm just going to stay away from him because he, he that looks... That is totally valid. He looks weird. I don't like his look. I don't like the cut of his gym. Little elevator. This used to give me fits when I was when I was younger. Oh, oh yeah, elevator's tough. Yeah. All right, you made it to the boss. So the reason I mentioned that tactic All is right. because you. How do I kill this clown? Talk exactly what I just told yeah, you. You want to talk to him first, I think. Oh. These are civil bosses. It makes me so <laughs> mad. We build your houses, your castles. We pave your roads, and still you walk all over us. <laughs> Do you ever say thank you? No. Well, you're not going to wipe your feet on me. I think I'll crush you just for fun. Do you have a problem with that? Just try to pound me, wimp. Yeah. Ah. Johnny Metz, professional <laughs> Mario 64 voiceover hey, actor. I was into that. Is this that the same was... deal where I need to get behind him? So you've got to let you've got to let him stop and, and fall yeah, over. What I recommend is run through his legs. But yeah, either way. Oh. oh no! So when he's just get right in front of him. Yeah, yeah I get it. I'm just trying to get space. No. I, ah. Oh, you clipped. Oh, that nice. was fun. That's a pro move. What I'm saying is you don't if you don't want to get space because that's harder to do. You can just let him fall and run straight through his legs. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's the easy. The easiest way is just to run right through his legs as he's as he's. Yep. Oh, oh gotta get so closer close. to the a little closer to the bandage. Okay, there I you got go. It anyway. No, crushed again. I'm just a stepping stone after all. <laughs> I won't gravel or yes. gravel or here. You win. Take this with you. That's amazing. I was into that performance. Oscar <laughs> Radio. Yeah. That's good stuff. <laughs> nice. If we have if we, if we have, if we have anyone in the Your industry. Star, that is pretty tough. If we have anyone in the industry looking for voice actors, Johnny Metz. Dude, I'm not even the best voice actor on our website staff. <laughs> not even close. Oh, who's this? What's up with you? What's your it's deal? Toad. Talk he has to you, a, you didn't play a lot of Mario's, did you? Um, I played, you know, Super Mario one through three on NES. Uh, I played Super Mario World on Super NES at my friends' houses, um, and then that's it. 
Like that's when Mario so, stopped. Wow. There are new doors you can open, including I think this one, which might. Oh, can we? We don't have a whole lot of time. Can we go to the one on the left? I was gonna say, is this the which one? This the is the underwater stage. Oh no, let's not do water. Let's do the desert stage. Can we get to that uh, one yet? No, but we can get to the snow stage. Okay, yeah, that's fine. All right, let's do that, some snow. You should play yeah. that stage at some point, but trying to do it on camera in front it's, of you is going to infuriate. Go to the left. Is it right there? Right there. Yeah, right in front of you. It looks a little dark here on the monitor. Sorry, I, I kind of forget. Y'all don't know where everything is by heart here. <laughs> this game is ingrained in my memory. I, I can't forget it anymore. Oh, yeah. Hey. This is a good one. Don't drop the penguin off the ledge. <laughs> what does that mean? You'll say yes, you'll know when you hit it. Am I going to be sliding all over the place? Is that how this is going to work? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> do you not have the chat turned on? Why do you guys hate me? Why do you make me play? Yeah, it is. People have been responding on there. Oh, okay. It's just not showing up for me for some reason. No! <gasps> no, stupid Mario. Uh, camera help? You have to move the yourself. C buttons. Yeah, the yellow button. That's a lot of work. That was kind of fun. So there's a snowball up at the top of the level, and you can roll it all the way down that hill yeah. into that little snowman face over there and build a snowman. Am I supposed to go across this bridge? You can do whatever you want. Uh, Evan B, there are numerous objectives in this level, uh, in every level in this game. Um, it kind of depends on which one you're working on. So there are some near the bottom. So I, I'm kind of just letting Garrett roam around and, and play around with it because this level is really cool. And it's a, it's a lot of fun to explore. This was the one I think that really sold me on it. Like I played the oh, others. Uh, just, can you just not punch these guys? No, oh, no, okay. just, just stay behind him and he'll turn around and you run under. There you go. To be fair, I, I think you already own the game before it's sold you. So right now, no, I play Jonathan's. Uh, oh, okay. Everyone in the telephone chat is talking about Toad and also Amish people for some reason. Amish, that's cool. Because Toad, because he looks um, like doesn't. Amish. Oh, you know what? I, th I would Toad say shuns fancy things like electricity. Gabe, am I crazy? Is there a teleport at the end of the bridge, right where that red coin is? There, there is. Can you yeah, do. walk up slowly to the red coin and just wait right yeah. where, just right in the spot once you collect it. Just stop for a sec. Maybe get a little closer to the edge. Okay. Wait. Wait a sec. Is that not? Just, it just takes a minute. Really? I think it would have done it by now. Hold the hold the Z button down. Which one's down. that? The trigger, trigger on the back. Yeah. Maybe a little to the right, Garrett. Uh, it's not a location problem. It should pick him up there. It might be on the other side of the bridge. Oh. Okay. How do I get over there? Uh, you probably don't from here. Yeah, I think you... Do I need to head down? Try, try something else. Yeah, head down. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Uh, you know... How do I let go? Oh, there we go. Okay, down. Oh, the the first star. Um, I, I don't know. This isn't... Whoa. I never hey, went this way for the, the first on one. Head, jump on his head. No. Um, it may, it'll make you think, a helicopter spin. No, so you know what? I, I think that, that one may be the one that has a teleport. I don't have full confidence that I'm able to jump on enemies. Oh, okay. I don't think that's a thing I can do, dude. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, I think I'm at back at the beginning of the level. No, no, no. This is the it's end. Of don't level. throw it's a the penguin off the thing. It's or a whatever. different penguin. So don't throw him. So uh, do anything or just a can. picture on the ground. Uh, you can open that up later, and that opens up a cannon that shoots you on the other side. Can I go in the store? Yeah, you could. Yep. You can some shots. Or maybe, maybe you can't. Wait, no, try to go in the chimney on yeah, top of the house. Yeah, you have to go through the through the roof. Because you know, I have a door. Reaper. Oh, you got, got somebody locked him in the inside. Can't climb this tree. There we go. Oh, you know what though? I think you have to uh, do the slide. Oh, you have to. Yeah, you can't go into this one. You have to slide down from the top. Oh well. So, Life Jonathan, what stars can we get to from here? What are we? I where are we close to? I don't really remember. Oh, you know what? That's the bridge at the end that you can tell. Yep, yeah, that's what I was just saying. Um, if you, oh, of course, it's slick. Of course, it's icy. <laughs> Treacherous. Uh, yeah, why don't you play a more advanced? Uh, why don't you play this file, Garrett? Because oh, you can do some cool stuff in here. Where's his hat? How was <laughs> Mario? Uh, Jonathan lost the hat I last think, time he played. I think he should fly. I think Garrett should fly. Okay. Are you going to throw me off something? No. Um, no. So, so, yeah, just inside yeah. here, stop on the sun and right in front of you. And you want to look straight yeah, this up. This is one of my favorite secrets. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, turn around and look up at the sky. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, right there. You need to turn around, like face the stairs. Okay. Yeah. Now do the same thing. What yeah. button is it? You had it. That one, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ugh, it's inverted. Yeah. These people. <laughs> oh my god, is that what's going on that I'm like freaking out because it's inverted? Am I supposed to go through these rings? You can do whatever you want. You're flying. Uh, well, you can do whatever you want except go outside of go outside of a set I guess, yeah. <laughs> you get to the end. Where is his hat, though? For real? It got blown Seriously, off. Seriously, it got blown off in a level, and Jonathan finished the level without the hat. Yeah. If you don't get it back, you lose it. There's a way it's to get. He's got his hat here. Well, yeah, because different got different hat. This is the wing hat. The wing cap. Mm-hmm. So the idea of this stage is to train you to fly. Yeah. So you're supposed to fly. You you don't want to pull up too tightly on the sticks. You actually, it's a very kind of sensitive system. You want to just kind of barely edge it. Um, and the goal is to fly around and get all of the coins yeah, you got it. and then go through the rings. Pretty much got it. He slowly yeah. loses altitude. Um, so you want to like dive and then come back up? Uh, no, it doesn't work that way like Super Mario World. Oh, okay. Uh, you just, oh, you're no. I mean, it does in some sense, but you're eventually just going to lose altitude. All right. Well, that was weird. Yeah. Where can I go now? Um. Oh, I would. I would say go forward and then go left through the star door. Oh God. Yeah, we can see a little bit of Bowser action. Sweet. Yeah. Do that. This is a really fun hallway. See the princess turns into Bowser. Yeah, I was just about to say. Wait a minute. What? And then I fall through the floor. Uh-huh. And, then and he, onto a Lego. And then he drops you into a trap. Pit trap. Yeah, it does look like a, just a little weird Lego level, doesn't it? Giant Lego. Nice. Garrett, you picked this up pretty fast. I oh, yeah, for real. Ah! So when you get set on fire, you run. The best thing to do is just run just rapidly to... in circles. Oh, okay. I mean, also not going to hit, but that's not really practical. Go boldly. Nice. Nice. No! Oh, God! <laughs> this is a... 
very difficult level, I have to say. Yeah, this is really, this is where the game really starts to test you. The thing is, though, if you stay in that first level and you play through all of those stars, or at least as many as you can find, yeah. you'll learn what you need for sure. Like, by the time you get to this level, you've learned the skills you need to do it. It doesn't make it easy. No, God, no. But it, it teaches you what to do. Um, the game has a very, a very, a really interesting and solid system for teaching you how to play it. No, no, Mario, no, you did the wrong thing. <laughs> oh, this is so entertaining. <laughs> Hi, Atoshi. Uh... Oh my yeah. god, I just want you to run in a straight line, you little clown. Like, even <laughs> just watching the two of you play this makes me want to play the whole game again so bad. I this makes like, you want to play it? I want to play this so bad right now. <laughs> in, in part, Garrett, and I, this might seem weird, but these like 3D games like this where you run around and you know you explore they've gotten so easy over the years that's what i was just saying earlier is i think we're spoiled and like they haven't gotten easy they've gotten better um no. we'll get that too but they've gotten very easy but they this game requires a lot of skill and the i mean the other 3d mario games do too like i think sunshine is a very challenging game i think galaxy is i have played sunshine very no 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 Oh, Galaxy so 2 is one of the hey, hardest games I've played in a long time. time. I mean, oh. you're, you're doing it, you know? This, this is a difficult game. It yeah, is. but I mean, that's the takeaway, is that you're getting better at it. You're learning how to do it, and you're progressing each time. Really, honestly, what it is, is I'm just losing patience each time, so I'm I just go faster. faster. Yeah. Well, I mean, so one of the things that I think, and... and the game controls Jonathan, better at speed. Yeah, Jonathan's approach to easing people into this is a little different. I would tell you to run fast everywhere you go, because that's where the game controls better, and that's that's how you Whoa! you're able to progress easier. You jumped on then completely by accident. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, entirely not intentional. With the Goombas in particular, it's easier to punch and kick them for sure. What are those things? Do um, they hit me? Sparky. Yeah, they're little electric orbs. Yeah, they just stun you for a second. You lose some health. Oh, that goes all the way in. Okay, we're gonna avoid that. Just, we gotta come these are these are these. This level in particular is really an obstacle course, and so if you treat it like American Ninja Warrior or whatever, nice. you just kind of yeah. take it one piece at a time and yeah. like really figure out how you want to approach it. And just like in that show, a lot of times the best thing is just to go fast. Yeah, speed. Yeah, just keep your momentum and don't overthink it. All right. Oh no! Yeah, I'm gonna have to redo that. Yeah, the trick here is to kind of get a, have a little bit of rhythm with your jumps. Yeah. Um. It will. Yeah. I noticed you have to jump ahead of the curve. Ah. Oh. Yeah, you wall jumped a little bit there. Oh! Oh, you got it! All right, pipe it. Garrett, I'm so impressed. Like, yeah, me what too. you did this, here this is... probably took me hours and hours of attempts to, no to get to this point. You, it, which is just it just shows you that the skills that you have as a modern gamer, yeah, but... can be I think can be traced back to this game. They still apply. I think it depends. So what you want to do is run behind him and grab his tail. Grab his tail. Okay. Yep. Then you're gonna spin him around and fling him into these bombs. Yeah. So. Did so I let go of him? Um, Is that what happened? You just tap, you tap the button, and then you spin the joystick and build up speed. See that little, uh, that little spiked mine on, on the side? Yeah. 
So rotate it, and then you want to fling him into one of those. Yeah, you might want to spin the camera a little bit so you can see. Uh, yeah, use the use the C buttons to spin the camera. Okay. And you I'm can trying also, to hit that, this bomb uh, thing yeah, right there. You have the idea. Okay. Yeah, there's a few of those around the. Around if the you can, if you can catch his tail closer to one of those, it makes it easier. Okay, I'm gonna try and get him over here. Come see me, dog. Oh, am I losing power? Oh, yeah. yeah. And oh. without your hat, you're taking extra damage, which is really unfair to put you in that position. <laughs> so use your C-sticks while you spin him Hold on. to uh, That's aim the camera. Of... There you go. There you go. Yeah. So get, yeah, get, a, get some speed up. Yeah. Okay. Just Yeah, just spin the analog stick faster, and it'll build your speed. This, I mean, these bosses are complicated. This one in particular is really, really tough. And if you die, I think you have to play the entire level over again. No, I don't. To get back to it. I'll do it. He was like, I'll play it. I would love to play this game. Uh, I think normally you don't, but because Garrett's on his last life, you will. My fingers are itching oh, that's to it. play this right oh, now. My God. All right, somebody, who wants next? I do desperately, but Jonathan, you Gabe, go ahead. Gabe, Gabe, you do it. You do it. You do it. I, I want to play this so bad. All right, that's so that was an experience. Uh, by the way, Sergeant Flower says, "Wow, he's already at Bowser, man. That guy is fast." <laughs> so a little, little bit of kudos to you. <laughs> All right, I'll take it. Yeah. Okay. Let's see if I can remember. We did start this game. Oh wait, we did. Yeah, yeah, we were I started on. I didn't get there. We used the, the more advanced save line. Hey Jonathan, that, can you hit reset for me real quick? Reset. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I started the uh, the new file. I forgot to switch to mine. Makes me sad that I don't have a clear file on here anymore. Hello! It's me, Mario! Oh, we should check out the face stretching too before the hour's up. Oh, that's yeah. Really fun little... What's, what's face stretching? There's a. <laughs> it's hard to. You'll see. It's hard to explain. It's fine. Okay. Are you this gonna is, go for Bowser again? Yeah, well, I gotta say, even as a product of its time, if I had played this when it came out, it's just a strange little game. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's super weird. Absolutely. I mean, even compared to other Mario games, it's just totally different. Yeah. You know, there's there's familiar elements, but so, it's so many things are just completely different. Um, and just almost unrecognizable. I mean, the fact that Mario could punch and kick was bizarre. But now looking back on it, I understand why they did it. No because doubt. it's so hard to jump on top of things in, in this 3D space. Um, so, like, one of the one of the fun things is uh, every level there's a star you get for collecting all the red coins. There's eight in every level. Oh. And a lot of them are very hidden. Oh, no! no! That, was, that was pretty daring, <laughs> But yeah, a lot of the red coins are hidden, or they're very difficult to get, so that's a real fun challenge. Once you kind of have gone through the level a couple times, and you kind of get the layout to go through and try to uh, to find all those in, in one life is, is pretty pretty exciting. Yeah, that's a good example. Uh -huh. And they count up. And then you get the star. <laughs> So that's really key there. I think all the Bowser levels have a one-up somewhere, so as long as you get to that point and get the one-up, you, you can trying. do it as many times yeah. as you need to. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah, so there's there's so many little smart things in this game that once you once you kind of figure out a few of the tricks... Ooh. Oh, no! Oh, that's what you get. Classic. <laughs> 
classic. Lame. Why don't you take a different level real quick? Because we're running out of time. Okay. Um, I want to kill Bowser. Let's do a different Bowser level. You could do, yeah, you could do the second one. Uh, where is the second one? It's in the basement. It's, no, it? yeah, it's right up in. Uh, I think you're right. It is. In the Let's basement. just go do one up here. But matter. yeah, Th- this one you won't be able to get to Bowser yet. But um, you could do the you could do the multi size world, or you could do the the, the water level world. Um, that's not one. That is. <laughs> yeah. a, this is a cool level. This one. Is it's got mushrooms. Tall, tall mountain. It's it's very similar to the first level, but it's a lot harder. Interesting. Yeah, the giant mushrooms from. Uh, I love that star just sitting there taunting you. Uh huh. So the giant mushrooms are a tribute to the original Super, Super Mario, Mario Brothers. Brothers. Yep. Um, yeah, they. I was about to there's say. There's that warp zone. Yeah. Right, that with the giant mushrooms. Well, there are a couple levels that had those as well. <coughs> oh no. Oh for. Hey, come on! Yeah, what is it like? Two dash. I suddenly, don't feel so bad anymore. One, two dash yeah, two. this this is hard as hell. That was embarrassing showing. <laughs> I guess I mean no, it's a hard game. Mario, <laughs> we weren't being patronizing. It really is. No, a hard it, game. it is. It is hard, and it's very skill based. So, like, if you play it for fifty hours, you, it looks a lot different <laughs> when you play it because you really kind of know. You understand the depth perception and the momentum. That's what I feel like is is weird, and also in what anything inverted is just like. Inverted is the only way that real people play games. No. That's so weird, That's man. So oh, weird. this guy's a bastard, Gabe. You should fight him. Oh, no the way. The purple guy? Nope. Don't oh, want to die. He's a jerk. <laughs> He'll just pick get you up. Monkey. Get the monkey! Get the monkey! Get the monkey! He's trying. It's pretty tough to get the monkey. <laughs> Do you get oh, something God. for grabbing the monkey? Absolutely. Yeah. This game does not control well in water at all. Yeah, the swimming you know, is the, really the worst part. It's weird. I feel like... The the biggest improvement would have been the second analog stick for camera control. That's really all it would take. Yeah. Yeah, and unfortunately they've they've remade this game once and they yeah. did it on the DS, which doesn't even have one analog stick, yeah. much less two. So I was really hoping for the 20th anniversary this year, Nintendo would remake this game yeah. on the Wii U. Just do it beautiful with the camera, yeah. Um, because it, it deserves it. I mean, yeah, but you're asking Nintendo to do something your fans would want. God knows they're not going to do that anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, they do when they feel like it, you know. Nintendo really does what they want to do. I like the little gophers. <laughs> but I, I just molds. I wanted to point out as a as a launch title. There's rarely been a game that is not only, you know, a technological marvel um, and, uh, and 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 fun and challenging and, and just really revolutionary in terms of design, but also it's a big game. There's yeah. a lot to do. I bet I spent a hundred hours playing this game, and that is so unusual for a launch title to to have that amount of content and depth. And and I think you can argue there's. Probably not another N64 game that is, you know, that has this. this oh my God, the shy guy! And, and just the size and scope of it. There's yeah. really not anything else quite like it. Maybe like Banjo Tooie, but you know that that game came out five, four years later. Yeah. So. 
It's really quite an quite an achievement. Okay, let's just yeah. Move on. He is he's tough. We're gonna skip the monkey. I obviously oh. cannot control this well enough anymore. Oh no 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 no! I need to go the other way. Yeah, you gotta jump. Ah, oh, dang it! You gotta hop to get it going. Yeah, this is really a tough level, but it, it, this is pretty late in the game that you open up yeah. this level. So, what is that uh, kind of boost forward you're doing when you jump? It's a long jump. That's the long jump I was talking about earlier. How um, do you do that? Hold down Z at the same time you jump. Yeah, you gotta have momentum though. You gotta be running to do it. I think if you kill the purple guy, you get a one up or something. I want to say. Yeah, sure. So, yeah, not make working. sure you get it rolling in the, the right direction to begin with, because it's hard to reverse the direction. Oh my gosh. You got it. You got it. Watch out. You see, this part's very similar yeah. to the first level. It's just harder. <laughs> it's just, they move more. A little more to account for. Faster. Yeah. All right. You're almost there, Gabe. I think you're going to make it. All right. Oh, watch out for the, the cloud. He'll blow you off. Just Hi. freezing. It's real, real fun when you get almost to the very top and the cloud blows you off. Freezing. Nice. Alright, I think you're going to do it, Gabe. Just be careful here at the waterfall. Alright. I will say I was kind of impressed by... What impressed me a little bit was the sensitivity of the analog controller, how well it reacts to how much pressure you're putting on it. Yeah. It's actually Jonathan, this really is a game good. that it's hard yeah. to imagine playing this game with a D-pad. You know? Yeah. Because you're you're always trying to find like that one angle in between straight and to the left, you know? Yeah. And all these diagonals are really important in a 3D space in a way that they really weren't for most 2D games. Yeah. It would not work. With that idea. I'm gonna save and quit so we can mess around with the face stretching because we got just a couple of minutes left. All right, so I'm controlling real quick. While we wrap this up, uh, I just want to say thank you for letting us be a part of this. Yeah. Uh, it's really cool that, that NWR does this every year. Uh, Child's Play is a great charity, and I really appreciate being offered the chance to participate in this. Uh, it's been really fun. So thank you for letting us get together with our friends and dig around with Mario 64 for kids. Yeah, yeah really. Second thank day. you. All right, so is it A? That, okay, yeah, here we go. Now I got the hand. So I remember this. Watch his eyes. He'll go, I remember he'll this. He'll go cross-eyed. All right, so you can stretch his know. nose out. Boing! So his hat. That oh is God. not disturbing at all. So and there's smell. also a way you can hold it down and stretch all of these simultaneously, right? Yeah, I think it's, uh, is it R that you have to, I'm maybe not someone sure. in the chat can tell us. Uh, oh yeah, no, I got it, I got it, I got it. Katie, I feel the same way. <laughs> when I when I play games from my childhood, it is impossible to fathom like how I ever did it. Because I, I used to be crazy good at this game. I never, yeah, I... So we're just gonna make a horrible Frankenstein monster here out of Mario. You can pull his cheek. This is like something out of Beetlejuice. He's got several different points of. Someone in the chat mentioned nip type. Thanks. You can pick oh. his mustache. Yeah. Okay. Now I got his. Yeah. It's like bad taxidermy. <laughs> taxidermy. Oh, dead Mario. So. I can't believe uh, Nintendo would let you kind of do this with one of their mascots. Well, they I mean, they're not flush, you know what I mean? It's not like a racing game. <laughs> but this is, look, and his eyes will still, and you can make all kinds of horrible deformities, that you is, know. 
Can you make him whisper? Kill me. Kill me. He's the Brundle. He's the Brundle Mario. <laughs> I thought he said Grundle Mario. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Thought we were trying to keep this clean. I know. Sorry. I did curse a couple so, times. Oh, 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 look at there. Yeah. Oh. Hey, Mart. Hey. <laughs> What's up, dude? Nintendo has a little bit of a twisted sense of humor. That guy has been in a terrible I'm going to let it go. Here we go. That guy's been eating too many mushrooms. Here we go. Nice. Wow. Use the points of his eyes. All right, guys. We got two minutes. Uh, well, then I'm going to I'm gonna play real quick. Damn it. We've got two minutes. I gotta, I gotta go out on a high note. James, we're just gonna keep playing. You can just cut us off when you're ready. Triple <laughs> jump and a butt stomp. Yeah. <laughs> How do you do it? Uh, <laughs> you just, uh, just jump three times in succession. When you land, you immediately jump again. When you get the timing right, you do a somersault. You oh can also, uh, when you're running forward, you can immediately pull back on the analog stick and jump. You know, this, and do a, a backwards this is a pro move. He's going to do a sliding kick. Yeah! That's a great attack. It's fast. It's a great attack, but it's hard to pull off. Nice. There's really, like, there are a lot of controls in this game. There are a lot of hidden moves, and oh, they don't really... Say, it's pretty absolutely, there's a lot of advanced like, stuff. You can uh, you can hold down Z and crouch and jump from a crouch to do a backward somersault. That's, you can get, you can sequence break a lot of levels with some of these, uh, these big jumps. And there's also yeah. a great wall jump, which is really useful. So there's actually, if Jonathan will go around to the right-hand side of the castle, I can't do it anymore. But there's a uh, there's a spot where you can oh, you can do wall Yoshi. jumps off yeah, up can. to the top of the castle, and Yoshi is actually up on top of the castle. Yeah, oh, he's nice. he's just waiting what, for you. What, what yeah, it was, you? I mean it was ages before anyone figured that out. So this is Ghost Mario. It's one of the special caps you can get. Um, ow, I took a lot of damage there. So the ghost cap is really cool. It makes you invincible. You just run right through enemies, and there are. Um, there are certain uh, gates and things like that that you can uh, you, that you can walk right through when you nice. when you're Ghost Mario. So hey, oh, oh yeah, okay, I made it. It's time. And oh shit, nope, you're nope. done. Ah, death. 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 As we're out. Right. Damn it. Uh, are we out of time, Gabe? Yeah, uh, yeah, I think we're out of time. All right. Well, thanks everybody thanks, for watching. You, you can find fun. us. Uh, Austin Mates is on Crosstalk, and uh, it's a lot like this. It's very rowdy and fun, and we talk about all kinds of stuff. But I mean, in the in the video game world, of course. And we have fun. Yeah, yes. definitely uh, check us out. Um, oh, there's even there's also a Twitch video of us playing through the entirety of Milan's Secret Castle. Uh, it's on YouTube only right now. Oh, okay. Yeah, we All right, lost that's my breaking point. Video. We'll link people to that. I didn't edit it in time. Uh, that's really fun. We we had a blast doing that. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll throw a link to that in the, uh, the Twitch chat real quick. <laughs> oh. Alright, man. I, I gotta say, Mario 64, absolutely one of my favorite games ever. And uh, it is so interesting and beautiful. That, look at this animation. It's just... All right, I had to cut them off. They were not listening, so... You mentioned Milan's Secret Castle in my house, and I lay down the law.
Anyway, quick donation update while I am getting Don and his worst of the eShop cadres on the call. Our current donation standings are we have $3,200 of a $4,000 donation target in. That means we are $300 away from unlocking Zack's dinosaur thing. Uh, all things Prehistorica, and another 500 away from unlocking the shenanigans segment that has no plan, no goal, and will just be an aimless hour of me zombie walking to the finish line.